Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the Beyond Light Stasis trailer that got revealed during the Xbox show. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live Monday through Friday. Just go to saynotorage.com if you want to be part of these discussions live. Do that. If you want to become a patron, go to SNTRpresents.com and that allows you to become a patron and get in the Discord, get all the benefits and perks. If you're on YouTube, clicking join allows you to do the exact same thing. Same perks, same tiers. Uh, if you want to be VIP for call-in or submit questions, that is how you do it. If you're on, if you're watching this video on YouTube and you're not here live, clicking subscribe and the bell button is the easiest way to help me out. So, let's just walk through the trailer in a couple of ways because there's a lot of speculation going on right now. I am going to be doing a separate video about their relationship with Microsoft and Xbox because I think that is significant. If you are a fan of my content, you know that I've been making some of these predictions for a while based on some tweets and some things that I was seeing. So I was obviously thrilled about some of those announcements. I actually think there's more announcements forthcoming, but we're already seeing that a relationship with Microsoft and Xbox is going to be very, very good for the game. I want to open just by talking through the abilities, what it looks like they're kind of you know going to be able to do some of the things we're going to be able uh, to, to to do with the new stasis abilities. Then in the middle, I want to talk about the engine. We are going to make some significant speculation about engine changes. There is something different about the way look the game looks and feels in this trailer. I'm going to list things for you to look for, so you can go watch the trailer, rewatch it, loop certain parts. I'm going to give you things to look for to see what you think. Then I want to end by talking about the enemies because anytime there's a new ability, there's you know there's obviously a new expansion. There's the question about a new race or new enemies uh, and things like that. So we're going to talk about that at the end. So first, let's just talk about the abilities. There's obviously some new things going on in this trailer that we have never done before in Destiny. Uh, you know, obviously the slamming was cool, but then it like traveled along the ground and then built walls and popped up from the ground. They are making walls with grenades uh, and not just like walls on the ground, like a barrier, but like at one point they add a floor to like a pillar. They throw it and it, it juts out. It kind of reminded me of one of the things you can do in that control game. You like pull the rocks out. This is like literally making an ice wall for people to walk on and stand on and that was pretty cool uh, freezing enemies freezing players in the crucible like stopping them dead in their tracks you know that was that was pretty easy to see uh, looked like there was a spear of some sort uh, it's, it's almost like a wand like like a staff right that you know the warlock's got some sort of a staff and looks like they can roam with it they can kind of float at the end the warlock has the staff out and the feet are up kind of like when you do tickle fingers uh, it's kind of up and floating casting and and, and freezing Uh, they seem like they're giving the slamming to the hunter the hunter looks like they might be getting some of the things that you'd more traditionally do with a titan and that was kind of neat to see sort of maybe some role reversal here maybe play a little bit more aggressive that was one of the things I loved about way of a thousand cuts I felt like I could finally play aggressive in PvE as a hunter because most of the time you're in PvE as a hunter, you either run Celestial for the big damage or Tether. And I liked that Way of a Thousand Cuts, uh, uh, with, especially with Shards of Galen or Pre-Nerf, I could play pretty aggressive. And it looks like you might be able to do that with the, with the Stasis subclass on the Hunter. A little bit of a roll reversal. Did seem like there might be some trap setting we'll be able to do. You kind of put something on the ground and then they all run through it and they get stuck. That was cool to see. You know, barriers and barricades going up. 
Not sure how much of a role that's going to play in PvE other than like getting into new areas or getting some verticality. The Crucible influence is a little worrying. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it seems like the Hunter is going to have two sort of like, like almost like knife throws that you can do now with Knife Trick on Way of a Thousand Cuts. Looks like they have two of those. And just one of them suppresses a Titan out of their super, and when they throw the second one, they get completely frozen. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I know there's already suppression grenades in the game, but timing those on a super is actually really difficult because you have to throw it, wait for it, and then it explodes. That knife throw, almost like that Genji ninja star throw animation is really, really easy to hit people with, and that being able to both suppress and freeze people entirely. I don't know what I think about that in Crucible. Putting down the walls and stuff is obviously something we can already do with barricades, so the influence on Crucible will likely add, you know, uh, some chaos and some criticism. I'm anticipating that. Um, There's a new exotic in the trailer. It looks kind of like Tractor Cannon, but, you know, it's kind of doing something a little bit differently, and then obviously this is going to be showing up on weapons, which is really, really exciting. So, by and large, all of the abilities that we saw look very, very interesting, but... As I was watching these abilities, I started to sense that there was something very different about the game, the way the game feels. And I know what a lot of people are going to want to run to. Oh, it's a higher resolution. It's a higher frames per second. I have played this game for a couple of years. One, you know, 1440 resolution, 120 frames. And the game has never looked and run the way that it looks in this trailer. I, there is something different. And I know people are going to say, oh, post-processing this, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why they would put out a trailer that makes the game look very different than it runs right now unless there's actually some sort of a technological difference. And I'm going to give you things to look for. If you don't believe me, go watch some of these things and tell me, try to tell me that it doesn't look different from the, the way the game currently looks. First and foremost, the particle movement, whenever the ice is broken or cast, there is a physicality and a physical independence to each little piece of ice as it breaks off. It has its own trajectory, its own movement, its own lighting, its own textures. People are like, oh, it's the ray tracing. I'll give you that the ray tracing is probably adding some fidelity to what the ice looks like. I'm talking about the actual movement of the ice, to me, is significantly different than what we see now. I was playing a strike where there was some of the ice hive around and I was killing some of the hive and they're kind of like breaking apart. And it's sort of a canned, predictable animation that doesn't look like there's any physical independence to the individual pieces. So anytime you see the ice blow up in this game, in this trailer, slow it down and watch. There's like individual trajectory and traveling of the pieces, like they're physically there and present and moving, not some sort of canned predictable explosion animation, okay? That's the first thing you should look at. The second thing I would say Look at the character movement. Whenever they make the ice platform and jump, the main person when they jump and they kind of move, or when the hunter jumps and moves in the crucible shot, just look at the movement and and the FPS and the way that things seem to transition as they kind of pivot their vision. It doesn't just look like a raised FPS. Like the engine, the weightiness of the character, there's something physically different. That one's a little bit harder to detect, but it still to me feels like something is going on at an engine level the physical feeling of the game the other thing that really stood out to a lot of us is that same section where they make the ice platform and they jump up and the shanks are coming down watch and just loop it the way the shanks come down in like a snake-like motion the physical movement of the shanks 
is different. The actual animations, this is at a physical animation level. This isn't this just smoothing of the frames. The physical animation of the, of the, of the shanks, how many there are and how they move in like this snake-like motion, there is something very, very different about that. Again, I've played at 1440, 120 frames per second, and my game doesn't look like that. I don't think it's some post-processing, you know, razzmatazz. I believe in this trailer, we have evidence that there have been changes at an engine level. Now, I don't know if it means brand new engine or just engine upgrade. This, I'm adding this to all the other things that feel like they might be doing engine changes. They also indicated that the game is going to be updated for the Xbox Series X. So there could be something done on Microsoft's end. We'll save that for another video. Now let's talk about the enemies. There's clearly new enemy types and, and new attacks and things, like, but I don't see any evidence of a new race. I think they made that pretty clear. There's not going to be some brand new enemy race uh, in, in this DLC, unless they're keeping that a secret. I've not seen any evidence of them being like a brand new race. It was mostly Fallen and Vex in the trailer. Uh, we did see the you know Insurrection Prime, like the big robot. There's a section where there's like a couple of them. There's like two or three of them all in an area. Uh, that also made me feel like maybe they did something to the engine. Like you got some really, really big enemies all clustered together. Some of the areas looked more open and, and larger when they were trying to kind of like show off some of the enemies. And so no real sign of a new enemy race, but clearly new enemy types and new enemy attacks. We see a vandal at one point kind of floating with like ice particles around. And it seems like maybe they're going to be able to use the attacks on us as well. They'll probably be bosses, things in the raid that that show, you know, and give Stasis more of a presence in the game. So this, to me... I think this stole the show during the Microsoft presser. I know I'm a little bit biased because I'm a Destiny fan, but Halo looked kind of drab and plain and, and, and dated. Now people are saying it was actually old footage and the game looks way better now. I don't know why you would show that then. Um, it seems kind of backwards, but I felt like the Bungie trailer stole the show and just looked incredible. It looks like, again, a, a, a more polished version of the game and engine and these abilities... And these environments look absolutely incredible. So very excited. And again, you know, adds more credence to the potential engine updates and changes. So we're going to transition now into Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live at saynotorage.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the Beyond Light Stasis trailer. If you'd like to catch me live, you can go to saynotorage.com. Monday through Friday during the day, Eastern Time, I'm live doing these talks. And if you want to take advantage of the perks and benefits, you can either go to sntrpresents.com to become a patron, or if you're on YouTube, click join. The tiers are identical. They get the same perks and benefits in Discord. If you want to do VIP call-ins or submit questions, just pick one of those. YouTube the easiest thing to do is hit subscribe and the bell button that's free and it does help me out so let's jump right into the questions Xlandrel says could Bungie showing us so much about the stuff in Beyond Light mean that there might be a surprise still in store I, yeah, I don't think they're done kind of unveiling things. You know, Luke Smith said in the, in the interview with Jeff Keighley that, you know, they're kind of keeping their cards close to their chest. I, I, I don't think they're done. And, that, and that's classic Bungie fashion. Uh, the idea that they're going to slowly trickle things out and, and slowly unveil and get us all hyped and excited. Um, that is, uh, that's, that's a classic Bungie move 
to hold on because in in years past they've done this and people get frustrated like I don't understand why they don't just say everything up front and it's like well they, they like to trickle out the hype I mean they're they're the they're the drip feed masters right they drip feed the content and they drip feed the hype and so you keep people interested and there's more intrigue and there's more uh, there's more like customer interest if you're dragging it out a little bit. So I would I would wager to say they're not done showing things off. I would think we're going to even get uh, streams about a handful of things, or at least twabs. I think we would get a stream potentially about a handful of things. Number one, I think there's a weapons update coming. Uh, not just that, oh, we're going to get stasis weapons. I think they're going to do some sort of a weapons 2.0, 3.0, whatever you want to call it. I believe that's going to happen in year four, and they would talk about that uh, beforehand. Um, I think if you've obviously if you've watched the ten minute video, or you've been here. I think there is a uh, there is an engine change coming. I think there's an engine change coming, and that's going to be something they're probably going to want to talk about with respect to performance, with respect to we can do new things now. This is how we're doing the DCV. This is how we're bringing back this content um, so regularly. Because up to now, it was it was made. I think it was made very clear that bringing back Destiny One content was really slow and and not easy. Um, and suddenly now they're going to be doing it with regularity. And because of that, I would I would say that that's that's probably an indication that they're going to want to talk about that. They're going to want to talk about why um, why they're able to bring back stuff from D one. You know why things maybe look and behave differently in the game. I don't I don't think I'm imagining things. I've been playing Destiny two since it launched. I've been playing it on PC since I was able to. And the movement in that in that trailer and a lot of the things we outlined the movement of the shanks, the movement of the players. Uh, the the particle effects, the movement of the ice when it breaks. There's a lot of things in the game right now that you can compare that to. You can watch Shanks kind of pour out of a door. You can shoot the hive on on you know Merc- uh, Mars and get sort of an ice explosion effect. There there's nothing in the game right now that looks like that. And I run the game at high resolution, high frame rate. Uh, so I I'm anticipating there being there being announcements or trade or, or, or streams about that. I could see them doing like a vid doc. I know that people call them Vidocs. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's a video documentary. It's a vid doc. Who says Vidoc? It's not a video. Anyway, <laughs> I always have to get that little jab in. That's why I say vid doc. I can see them doing like a vid doc. Here, here. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about why we're why we're staying in Destiny Two. How we're going to be able to make this game feel like a single evolving world, and how we're going to be able to do all these different things. I could see them even doing that. So as opposed to a stream where they might get a little jumbled, they might get a little like oh, and say the wrong thing or not present it as they want. Uh, you know, a, a, a pre-recorded video almost sort of presser uh, like a press release almost I, I can anticipate them doing that as well um, they might not really be in a situation where they want to do a lot of streams that might be a little bit more difficult you know with being you know working from home and with dealing with uh, the way that they've they, they've had to do I mean the ride along stream is, is happening I think next week but I don't know if um, I don't know if they're going to be you know, really, really high end on that. It might be just somebody like on a Zoom call, uh, looking at footage and talking. If you're wanting to really wow us with sort of like a this is a big change coming to the game, I could see them doing another video where like Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy are sitting in the studio, you know, six feet apart, and they're 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 really outlining why this engine change needed to happen. 
So, I I do think they've got more in store for us. And I think those are some of the things that, that that they have in store for us: weapons update and an engine update, and maybe even more details about how they're working with Microsoft. That would be another thing I would include. Barrett. With future subclass reworks coming, uh, like Stasis possible, should Bungie focus on subclass utility between players, crowd control, or other aspects to give more depth to the subclasses? I'm going to say yes to this, and I, I, I and I would not be surprised if we don't see some changes to subclasses in the future. Maybe not in Beyond Light, but when Luke Smith got interviewed after the big the big video that they unveiled Beyond Light and the Witch Queen, when he gets interviewed, he says that they are. Uh, they're looking at the, the supers and the subclasses because they're very uh, homogenous. Like, they're all very similar. There's not a lot of differences. And the stasis subclass is going to be way more customizable. It's not going to be a bunch of diamonds that you pick between. And then they're, he says that's an experiment. They're not going to be adding that level of customization to the other subclasses. And so since they're experimenting, the stasis subclass could be the beginning of oh, we could do some crowd control or support or healing or other things in the other subclasses so they're not all so samey. They need to look at more than just the subclasses. They need to look at the supers. A lot of the supers essentially do the same thing. Um, And, you know, and some supers are just so necessary and so strong. It would be great if, like, Well of Radiance and Bubble, like, didn't even exist in the game. Um, I, you know, I I think that those, those supers in particular become so necessary uh, you know, in the end game. And I, I do think that that would assist them in creating different environments, different encounters, but also creating other supers to compete for PVE endgame presence. So if, if, if I'm, if I'm in charge, I would learn as much as they can from the stasis subclass customization and the presence that it ends up holding in the game and then build on that if you're going to be changing and reworking some of the other classes to make them not so samey. Temper uh, says, pseudo question, but did you notice that there was no stasis element shield in the trailer? Do you think that they are finally going to get a new feel injected in Destiny with the effect stasis brings? Well, I don't know if there's no if there's no shield. I mean, the one guy has a white shield at one point. That might get kind of confusing because a white shield usually is a a utility shield. You have to like kill something in the room to get rid of. Um, so I I don't know if if we're gonna we're gonna really be able to extrapolate a lot from the lack of something uh, in the trailer. The lack of a oh yep, there's a shield right there. Um, they were they were also not really showing any of the enemies using stasis. They clearly hinted that the enemies will have stasis abilities at the beginning when like the vandals like sitting there meditating with ice floating around him. Or maybe he's landing in slow motion, I'm not really sure. Look like they were hinting at the fact that there could be some bosses or mini bosses or environments where they're using ice against us as well. Because um, I mean, the guardians get frozen in the in the crucible section, so that could also happen to us in PVE. Uh, I could see a raid boss or a strike boss or some kind of an activity boss doing some kind of big like cloud. You have to like hide under cover, and if you don't get into cover, you get caught and then get frozen and stuck in place. And you know, 
you take damage over time like you're you know you're slowly freezing so i you know i i i don't know if they're going to go that route though being like oh there's no stasis shields in the game and that you know it's going to get a new feel injected with you know the effects that it brings i don't necessarily think those two things are even related either they could have the absence of a stasis shield on enemies or they could have stasis shields that's not going to necessarily change the nature of combat and the feel of it because shields are already really prominent in the game right now you know they're everywhere and having more stasis or none i don't think it would would affect it that much but i do think that people are going to probably really really want to have triple element uh and have elemental primaries return because you're going to go into content and as soon as you throw on stasis now you only have one other weapon with an element and and then you're you know now you got four possible elements out there so we'll see sensory fern is allowing players to create platforms a good idea it kind of feels like opening pandora's box i mean i know this might lead to some issues in crucible with getting outside the map and stuff but i just generally don't care about this kind of stuff you know i i just don't care about this kind of stuff i if somebody you know gets outside of a map or glitches into something or finds some secret room and you know i I don't think you 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 legislate abilities and power to like what some dude might do for five hours, like shoving up against a wall and trying to push through it to get out of bounds. Um, what about jumping puzzles? Well, it's a grenade, and so obviously you you know you get you do it and then gotta wait for another one. The wall probably only lasts for so long. Also, if you think about a lot of the jumping puzzles that we've done. It wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily even be that helpful, you know? I, I don't think it would... Bungie, Bungie's pretty smart. I don't think they're going to give you that grenade and be like, oh no, every jumping puzzle and platforming area is now way easier. It, it looks like it has very, very specific uses in particular areas, and maybe even areas where you have to use it. I know we don't like to see that. We don't like to see content structured in a way where you have to run a certain subclass, but I really do think that... that it's 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 totally fine to have it. I I don't tend to get worried about this kind of stuff. I think we need to stop getting so concerned with what players might do and instead just empower us to do dope stuff. And if somebody gets outside the map, so be it. I don't think that's that big of a deal. Now, on, in Crucible, it is a big deal. But, you know, in PvE, I just don't think so. I don't think I don't think it's going to going to cause any major issues. Smokey, do you think that we will see stasis shields for enemies as well as new stasis armor, affinity, and weapons? If so, do you think the element system will be kind of bloated come lightfall with two more? Well, we don't know if we're getting two more. That's theory right now, but I think your question is good. If we suddenly have, you know, stasis affinity armor and stasis weapons, is that going to feel pretty bloated? Even if we don't get more darkness subclasses, I would say yes. These it would this could start to get pretty bloated, but more than likely, the way they would do this. Let's imagine that you're correct. I think you are correct. This is the the theory that I actually am one of the. I don't know if it if it originated with me. I was one of the the earlier people that said. I think Eris is using stasis in the trailer. I think she's going to teach us stasis. And then in the Witch Queen, we're going to learn another ability, another darkness ability. And then in Lightfall, we're going to get learn a third dark ability. And that's the moment that we're either going to choose a side or become like a Grey Jedi or something. That's the moment that everything is leading to that Luke Smith... Um, 
you know, that Luke Smith uh, talked about. So, if that's what they're going to do, on the armor affinity front, everyone would probably just have a match. Does that make does that make sense? So, all of the arc mods would probably be like arc slash stasis. All of the void mods would be like void slash, you know, taken. Because I think the drifter is going to teach us like how to use taken abilities. Because he's been absorbing all that taken power um, in in Gambit. So I think that's essentially what that they would do is that arc affinity would basically be like arc and stasis. So any 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 all of these all of these basically all these ones that are arc would have arc symbol and then a little slash and then whatever they come up with the symbol for stasis and what that would do is is that would mean if like you got a new piece of armor that was stasis you could use it with your arc affinity build or something so you wouldn't suddenly have six different affinities in destiny you would have six but they're but they're they're all paired up so you still only actually have three potential affinities on the mods themselves now on the weapons this is where it's going to start to get really complicated you're right if they start adding if they add a darkness subclass a takenified subclass and then that's something that we can use on weapons that's going to be kind of crazy right you're going to go into content and if you want to use stasis and the, the taken ability or whatever you're going to run into the same issues you're like i can't i don't even have enough weapons to carry enough you know elements for all the affinities that are showing up you go into content and there's stasis shields arc shields solar shields void shields all these shields you know um so i i don't honestly know i don't know if affinity is going to go away creature i, I don't know if they're going to get rid of it um, I don't know. That would be a weird thing to put into the game and then suddenly just jettison right back out of the game. Um, I don't know about that. They, they could do the same thing on weapons, though, too. Stasis could basically counteract arc. And then, you know, you see what I'm saying? So, yes, there could be at one point in time six total elements of the game, but arc and stasis interact with arc and stasis shields as as if they're interchangeable um that would be my only thought is it it would be if you've ever played those games where you know solar as an ability or fire as an ability there's two enemy types that are weak to it not just one so same idea here but in the other direction stasis shields and arc shields would be you know, would both would both interact with each other in the same way. Um, then they say that armor affinity was a band-aid for UI insufficiencies. I have no idea. Ice arc, void blight, solar dark. Something like that, right, yes. Well, it'd be solar and decay. Solar is the stronger nuclear power and decay is the weaker nuclear power. And then you could have void paired up with blight, as you're saying, yeah. And then ice and arc. I, I'm telling you, I think we're on to something. I really, really do. I think ice, I think ice and arc are, you know, are gonna are gonna are gonna end up looking similar, and maybe you know sharing properties. And then decay would get paired up with solar, and then like blight, like the black taken powers that the drifter is interacting with would get paired up with void um and so i i i see it i i see those things pairing up very very well together um 
and then that would make it to where combat and your loadout and your affinities wouldn't get crazy you know um arc is energy ice is the lack of energy yeah I mean we don't need to overanalyze it to that degree but I could definitely see them doing that so you don't suddenly have way too many affinities on armor and way too many possible elements on guns that could potentially that could potentially get kind of messy uh, and that's how they probably want to do it they want to have them sharing because if you think about it if like blight is like literally like the blight the stuff we put on the ground with with the wither horde um, you know the, this, this almost like this black you know power absorbing thing that is very similar to void you know in the way that it looks and in the way that you know in the way that you think I even kind of think about it it just it, it feels like those two are similar um so we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see they literally could just add stasis and never do any other subclasses or any other abilities but I don't think that's what's going to happen I think we're going to get one each year I think that's how they're going to play it I think the drifter is going to teach us the next one because we're going to want taken powers and abilities to fight Savathun and we're going to need and learn it maybe it's going to have something to do with the dreadnought the fact that we became ascendant will maybe give us the ability to tap into the taken powers because we become ascendant in the taken king dlc to go into the ascendant realm and that may give us abilities and powers and then the stranger could teach us decay because you know she's been time traveling and she's seen different futures and dark futures and all this other stuff and then she figures out how to teach us how to use decay um and then all of a sudden when we learn that everything changes we now have three dark powers three light powers and then maybe we have to choose a side i don't know cataclysmic do you think with the buff to swords that they should get rid of the stomp mechanic I mean, I don't think the stomp mechanic needs to be gotten rid of. I think it needs to be more sensible, right? I think the way the stomp mechanic should work is if you picture sort of like a pie chart, all right? You know, you picture a circle. Right now, the stomp mechanic is like a circle. It's also more like a globe because even if you're above the enemy in the air, you get affected by it. So I can be in the air and behind an ogre and I still get hit and thrown by it what it should look like is a slice of the pie chart if I am in front of the ogre I'm in that that cone of influence right in front of him yeah I should get affected by the slam or the stomp if I'm on the ground I should be affected even more so if I'm right there at ground zero in the splash zone right in front of the ogre when he smacks the ground that's the worst amount of the damage. I fly back the farthest. I, I, you know, I get hurt the most. If I'm in the air, less. If I'm to the side or behind, I, I, it shouldn't have any effect on me whatsoever. Um, in in general, knockback is usually, you know, you hit something and it gets knocked back. It's in front of you. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. There were so many times in in Reckoning, I would come jumping over an ogre from behind, and he's slapping the ground somebody in front, and I get flung back, and I'm be I'm in the air behind him. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. I, getting getting thrown physically in this game and dying from it is just annoying. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not like if you're getting shot, you can go into cover or if you're getting shot, you can shoot back. It's literally, you just get absolutely flung back. And I know people are like, oh, but you can melee to mitigate it. 
even that really isn't like an answer if you're trying to just move through an area you know um so i I don't necessarily think this is related to the buff to swords, but you're probably just dealing with it more. I mean, to be quite honest, swords completely invalidate stomp anyway. You just spam light attack, and then you do the big heavy attack, and just make sure you don't do the big heavy attack around the same time that they're doing their stomp, because if as long as you're spamming light attack, you don't get flung back. You don't. As long as, long as you're spamming light attack with the swords, you do not get flung back, and I think that um, so I think that's, I think that's, 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 that's why I would say, yeah, you don't really need, yeah, you can also block with the sword as well. So I would ignore swords in this question and I would just say stomp in general needs completely retooled. Uh, Polarin or Polarin, uh, with Bungie mentioning they're going to have customizability of the stasis subclass, but not the others. Do you think the others will be left behind or underpowered in comparison until they update PVE and PVP? Um, I would say that they they ran into this a little bit in uh, Taken King. Hammers and Tether especially were basically like everybody wanted to run Hammers and Tether everywhere. Um, hammers especially in Crucible. Um Tickle fingers, not so much because people really wanted self res or Nova. So, you know, people really weren't running to run tickle fingers in, in PVE, but people liked running it in crucible because of the melee reach and stuff. I mean, so I would definitely say this is, this is a risk, especially if you watch that trailer and you see that guy like literally suppress a Titan out of his super and then freeze two people solid. You can definitely see that it might become you know, the ice capades inside the crucible for a while. Um, and if that happens, I think that'll be a valid frustration. I think in PVE, it's a little too, it's a little too, um, nuanced. I don't even know how I want to say this. You basically, you're going to still want to have well of radiance and bubbles and tethers, depending on where you're going. You're not going to want to have every single person on stasis. There's always going to be that acclimation process. For the first month, anywhere you go, public space, strike, whatever, everybody's going to be running stasis because it's the new hotness. And I, I think that, um, I think that you know, going going forward, whenever they're doing this, that's fine because they can use that as their as their learning time more and more people are using it they can gather their information and then make updates to the other other subclasses i mean who knows right who knows maybe in the spring they make a bunch of updates to you know all the arc subclasses in the game because they they apply what they learned from stasis you see what i'm saying i i think there's i think there's a lot of potential there to uh to get that high saturation in those first couple of weeks. I just think in general, PVE has too many pain points to be like, yep, everybody runs stasis, especially with supers like Well of Radiance and 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 Tether and the Titan Bubble. Um, what do you think of the solar supers are immune to ice elements? Yeah, I wonder if they'll do it that... I don't know if they'll go that far. I don't know if they'll go that far, Chad. Be like, oh yeah, you just run solar and they can't freeze you anymore. <laughs> that would be kind of silly. That was like in in um, in Call of Duty. You could run that one perk and it completely negated um, 
it completely negated getting radar, which was kind of annoying. It was like, I, all you gotta do is run that one perk. All you gotta do is run solar subclass, and you're gonna completely negate all these things that they're doing uh, for for stasis. You know, I that I don't think they'll do that. That's get that that turns into like rock paper scissors, and I don't think they're gonna do that to the crucible. Crucible already feels like that some of the time anyway. Agent Atwood, when the Stasis subclass releases, do you believe we will receive new story missions like we did in New Light Shadowkeep's release? Oh, oh yeah, 100%. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do like a really, really substantive campaign the way they did with Forsaken. It'll probably be more like Shadowkeep. It'll it'll be, you know, you'll go, you'll get established, a couple cutscenes, some dialogue, but and uh it uh I don't I don't think I don't think that they're they're gonna they're gonna do something like Shadowkeep though. I'm sorry, a Forsaken. If you're hoping for like a Forsaken or Taken King size campaign, I I don't see that happening. They're um they're gonna be a campaign, but it won't they're they're not wanting to put a lot of eggs in that basket, I don't think. Um Luke said in an interview that's what they're that they are working on a campaign. Yeah, yeah. I, there'll be a campaign. And they will be, uh, they'll be, they'll be cutscenes and stuff and dialogue, but I don't think it's going to be, it won't be Taken King Forsaken. It'll be closer to the size of a Shadowkeep campaign. I could be wrong. I could be wrong in that. Uh, yo, see you later, Rambo. I could be wrong because if you think about it, if a lot of this was being built as a springboard for Destiny 3, maybe it is pretty substantive. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong. If if our theory about a lot of this being Destiny 3 foundational stuff that they've now absorbed into Destiny 2, there could be pretty significant campaign because it was essentially meant to be a vanilla launch. So, yeah, the destination is pretty huge, so that would play into it as well. You know. Yeah, it could go either way. It could go either way. I'm not going to draw I'm not going to draw a hard uh, prediction here. It could definitely go either way, either on the smaller side like Shadowkeep, so they can just focus on the content, or on the larger end like Taken King Forsaken because it was meant to be the launch of a new game. You know, it, it could it could it could def- definitely land in either uh, either camp. LL Brood, are you nervous that the subclasses may be too OP? We should be wary of the possibility of subclass, subclass power creep, where some subclasses can do to another jobs easier, more efficient. For example, the Stasis Titan Slam had the MP plus middle tree arc slam. Um, I'm not concerned about this, no, because something that I've been asking for is I want more more end game content difficulty and you know a hard mode dungeon a hard mode raid i want more of that and i think if you start to have uh power creep in this regard like all of a sudden you have um oh man this is uh th- th- this this subclass is basically completely invalidated by stasis stasis does everything better okay that's a possibility i will not deny that that's a possibility However, however, that would then be great reasons for Bungie to go back and do quality of life improvements to those subclasses because Stasis is going to have all this customization and the other subclasses don't. And if they're going to learn from that customization, and as you're saying, all of a sudden Stasis does everything better than, um, let's just go with the Hunter, okay? 
suddenly Night Stalker is completely is completely invalidated by stasis. And and by in in because it's it's better at the suppression, it's better at the crowd control, it's better at all those things, right? That's unlikely, but let's just imagine that happens. Well then Bungie could come back to Night Stalker and say, Alright, how do we make Night Stalker more you know, unique and stronger. And how do we add customization? We need to make it look like Stasis. Stasis is going to have all these options and all these choices. We need Night Stalker to look like that. See? So, even if this does happen, that's, I actually think that's okay, because then that could create less of this homogenized, you know, feeling of, of, uh, you know, all of the supers and, and, and everything feels, you know, very, very similar. Um, I think we could get away from that and stasis could be almost like the wedge that, that like breaks apart that part of the game and shakes things up. If that makes sense. Death blood. Everyone keeps addressing the ice and freeze, but my eyes were on the particles. They were three dimensional particles. Unlike the explosions and particles we have now, like fire, uh, that looks like an engine texture overhaul. This isn't really a question, but I, I 100% uh, agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I, today, showed people, I was shooting enemies on a Mars hive mission, and the Mars hive are, like, covered in ice, and there's these explosions, and there's these pieces falling down. You're right. It almost It feels flat, almost like almost like a sprite in old old games where if like you turned it turned with you there is something flat and simplistic about a lot of the animations right now when we blow something apart or you know or or bust something up and the uh the ice particles d- looked like they had a physical independence um that would require some level of an engine change um even if it's just an engine update that allows them to do it, it's something. It's there's something different about the game in the trailer. I, I'm 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 putting money on it. I'm putting money on it. You know, the stasis looks to be about zone denial and suppression. Yes, yeah, like like you're setting traps too. Yeah, zone denial with traps, suppression, keep back the crowd, keep back the big bad guy. Right? Yeah. The Titan Ice Slide, where the enemies explode, I believe are exotic boots or something like Antius Wards. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It looked like somebody had already frozen them, though. Lucas told us that the enemies will have stasis powers. Yes, yeah, he did. MG Avenger. We as a player base focus solely on the aspects of support supers. Um and high single target DPS. Do you feel as though the supers will have to outclass the existing best in class supers to be viable? Um, yeah, I mean, this kind of happened with way of a thousand cuts, right? Like way of a thousand cuts is a great aggressive offensive subclass. You're throwing the knife trick you, you know, shards of Galanor made it really, really good. I run Ophidius Bath now. Um, you, you run that with hands on. You can really, really keep your, your super uptime in a decent spot but that definitely happened with way of a thousand cuts i get into end game content and i'm like no i'm gonna as you're saying i'm gonna run support or high dps right i'm gonna run support tether or high dps celestial nighthawk okay where, where is there room for me running around with 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 a uh, blade barrage where is there room for that 
Now, there was a time in Riven that I actually liked running it because I had shards and I would use it on an ogre and all the people around the ogre and it would get rid of the ogre really, really quickly and I could go back to shooting Riven's, you know, mouth. Um, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of all the end game content and I'm thinking of how they make things difficult and this is why I've continued to say they've got to move away from 12 negative modifiers and a really, really big delta because that's how we tend to respond. We either go high damage or, or high survival. Instead of asking people to do something that is has, has layers to it. If you, if you give the combat more dynamics, if you give the combat more dynamics, then you you're asking me to do more than just like survive and then and then tan- and then just slam the boss with damage. Um, I don't really have a strong answer on how to do this. If they do stuff with champions, if they if they add if they add some of those those layers where you're having to interact with the champions, um, you know, we were talking about the ammo economy the other day and how they could add certain certain abilities and things so that you have to do to get your ammo back. Well, certain subclasses could be better at that than others. So you're generating ammo for yourself and your team, which is great, but you're having to play really aggressive with stasis or way of a thousand cuts in order to do that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but man, that that's a lot of layers you got to put in place. You got to readjust ammo economy. You got to readjust pain and content. So there's, it's justifiable that the, you know, the, if the players suddenly have lots of control over ammo economy, there's got to be a lot more difficulty, a lot more challenge, a lot more enemies, right? Right? And if they add that layer, then a layer on top of that could be if you play aggressive offensive supers like this stasis one or way of a thousand cuts, you can be more in control of the ammo economy, uh, you know, perks and benefits. You know what I mean? It's it's really hard because combat is so set in this game in a lot of respects. Um adding layers with champions and stuff even when they try to add layers with champions and stuff people are still trying to get around it people are you know people are trying to to find those those shortcuts and those those ways to be like I don't even want to interact with the you know the champion stuff you know dark cider with the next question looking at the trailer it seems stasis will provide more vertical mobility uh, should Bungie rework the Crucible maps to account for the new mobility options? Uh, no. No, 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 no. I, I don't think you want to start re restructuring um, all of the maps around some new ability that people get. Uh, just because you can, like, make walls and stuff doesn't suddenly mean you're going to bust the maps. I mean, listen, if you've ever watched Potato play the Crucible, that guy is an AC-130, he does heat rises and he's just in the air, you know, for forever. Like, I think heat rises is the best answer to the people that are concerned about this problem. These homies use heat rises and they, they jump off of telephone poles and they literally hit, oops, sorry. They literally hit the ceiling. There's like an invisible ceiling in the map that they end up hitting. You know what I mean? I, I don't think these I don't think these ice walls that you can make are gonna be are gonna create any more problems. Heat rises 
hasn't required now now somebody in chat saying darksider saying heat rises is a problem too right but bungie hasn't restructured maps or made any changes to the maps because of heat rises um i don't know i to me i i don't know if we want to start restructuring pvp maps centered around what players can do as long as they're not getting out of bounds and they're getting creative with their placement then anybody can do it Anybody can go do heat rises and go floating around the map. Anybody can do it, so then it's fair, right? And if they're getting out of bounds and they're leaving the map, then yes, that's a problem. Patch that. They're breaking the bounds of the game. But if you and I can both create an ice wall and then our buddy jumps on it and then he heat rises and like launches over the map or over some area, then you can do that too everybody can do it now if I put some ice wall somewhere and my buddy jumps on it and then he heat rises and he leaves the map that needs addressed that's like when people say oh this gun is so strong they need to disable it they did that to the Telesto why don't they do this to this weapon no they disable stuff when they disable stuff when the when the uh the gun is broken not when it's strong (laughs) do you see the difference and this is a similar scenario yeah it's crazy strong and silly and you can create insane angles by doing heat rises but since everybody can do it it's fair you know and if, if, if you get outside the bounds of the map that's like a broken weapon that needs patched and addressed by the way, if you're enjoying the show right now, uh, you can click subscribe and the bell button. That is totally free, and you won't miss these shows. Monday through Friday, I'm doing these talks all the time. So if you've never been here before and you're enjoying yourself, take a, take a second to do that. You can just click subscribe and then the bell button. Also, if you want to smash the like button on this video, that's dope. If you want to submit questions or be part of the VIP call-in that's going to happen in a little bit, where people can actually call in and speak to me live on the air, you can become a VIP member or just a tier one member if you want to submit questions click the join button or exclamation point join in order to do that mr han brolo to me the downfall of balanced pvp is enabling more mobility in the game rather than giving control to the map or the environment do you think bungie is starting uh, to focus more on the pve aspect of the game and making it more enjoyable over balancing pvp i mean I got to admit, the first thing I thought of when I saw that trailer as I was like, do it. Add more space magic. Add more space magic. And if it, and if it turns the crucible into a chaotic mess, I kind of don't care. I, you know what I mean? I just, you will never make this game into an eSport. D2 Vanilla tried and failed miserably. It's never going to be an eSport, right? It, just, it, it, it's, it's, it simply isn't. And so, if... If, if they're going to go the route of more space magic, I am fully in support of that. And as you're saying, it kind of seems like, yeah, they're just like, yeah, we're, we're focused on the PvE aspect and, and you know, Crucible's probably going to get hurt because of it. Um, you know? I I would rather see... I would rather see a, uh, a, a, a trailer that makes me concerned or makes PvP players concerned about, oh my gosh, that's going to be insane in the Crucible. I would rather, I would rather have a trailer do that then a trailer look like the Halo Infinite trailer. Oh, it's just more of the same, right? 
Yeah, just more of the same, just more boring weapons and boring missions because they can't do anything. You know, PvP is keeping everything reined in. I saw that trailer and I was like, holy moly, we're going to be able to do all this crazy stuff. And man, is it going to cause a lot of problems in the Crucible. You know, to me, if, if I see a trailer and I see abilities that I think are going to cause problems in the Crucible, I think that's probably a good thing. That means Bungie's actually adding dope stuff and not, you know, hamstringing the game to Crucible balance. Necrogen. In the same spirit of keeping a weapon hierarchy, do you believe that perks should have a lesser effect on weapons that are green and blue versus purple? Example, a 5% rampage on uncommon versus a 30 on a legendary. I mean, the spirit of what you're saying makes sense, but I don't know why they would need to do this. Who's running around with a rampage blue weapon and being like, oh man, this is equal to a legendary. I don't need to use a legendary. This doesn't feel necessary. But what I will say is this. I want to take your idea and I want to bring it over to something I've said before and say that why not have tiers of perks? So when you first get this line in the sand uh, linear fusion rifle, when I first get it, firing line and rapid hit are tier one. Um, And so they're, you know, it's it's, it's just a white... It's just a white, you know, symbol. And the more I use the weapon, it goes up to tier one. And when it goes up to tier one, maybe the colors change. And then it gets to tier two. And then when it gets to tier three, it gets that nice yellow outline that we get, right? We get the yellow outline on our gear, and we know that it's done, right? It's fully masterworked. And when firing line hits tier three, it's at its full capacity, you know? And... I think that would be a really, really good way to create this. You're investing in the weapon and the weapon's getting better as you use it, but it's not like, oh man, I got a line in the sand. I have no idea what it feels like because the perks are locked or something like that. Or, and what you're saying, I mean, you're right. Yeah. You know, a blue weapon, you know, should be automatically a weaker percentage point on all of its perks than a legendary, but we're not even using blue weapons that much at all, so creating a chasm between them is unnecessary. I would rather create chasms between garden variety world loot, um, you know, garden garden variety world loot and, and legendary adept upper class, upper echelon, you know, loot. I, I, I think that is that is where we need to see the chasms and the differences emerge. And then the difference between my gun and your gun isn't just that like, oh, I have a god roll and you don't. It's that, oh, I've been using this thing for a while and it's completely upgraded. All the perks are all the perks are are, are masterworked. They're all leveled up and you know the, it's, it's, it's completely maxed. Uh, I, I would want to see something like that where the, where the, there's an investment in the weapon because presently presently it's get the weapon done and then you know ma- you masterwork it but masterworking is like so I, I I honestly think we should be able to change the masterwork on a weapon too you know what I mean the uh, the, the masterwork on a weapon you should be able to change it because the the, the nature of the, the nature of like Oh, I got a great roll, but it's the wrong masterwork. Masterwork doesn't even have that much influence. It just ends up tarnishing the weapon. You know, this thing having a reload is is actually great because it pairs well with rapid hit. You know, but if it was like 
range or something, I'd be like, I don't need range. You know what I mean? I think they should let you change masterwork on weapons so that you uh, you get you get more of a sense of like, you know, personalizing the weapon. The real Kelia. Do you think that Bungie could be showing way too much and peaking too soon for the expansion? Even though the hype is real, could this end up being a sad boy on Christmas Day scenario? People were super hyped about Trials and look at it now. I would actually say that this is one of the few times where we can get hyped up because the hype for Forsaken was, you know, probably pretty well-founded. The hype for Taken King, the hype for Shadowkeep, that all felt pretty well founded. I feel like we got what they promised in those expansions. Um, I think the I think the, the the new car smell faded really quickly on Forsaken because the leveling was pretty frustrating and the loot grind wasn't very good. Uh, but you know, I feel like Shadowkeep delivered what it promised, and it it did a, it did it did exactly kind of what we wanted to see happen. And then the, uh, I just feel like Beyond Light is not going to be like a trial situation. Like trials, trials, getting hyped about trials and it coming back and being poor. Um, that reminds me of the Drifter situation. If you guys remember Season of the Drifter, Season of the Drifter trailer comes out, they do the stream, they do all the things, and I'm like, this is not going to be a good season. And everyone's like, you're being such a Debbie Downer, Lono, you know, come on, man, why are you immediately harping on it? And I said that it was just going to be too narrow, and it looked like it was going to be, you know, know, problematic as far as not having a, you know, a substantive offering for the entire community. Um, And I ended up being right. And... I think in in this scenario, I think anytime there's an expansion, it's very, very different. I I don't think getting excited for an expansion, you're running the risk of being like, as you say, the sad boy on Christmas Day scenario. So. Hunter. As a new element, what else can Stasis give us uh, that Void doesn't? Also, I think that the Hunter melee is a different version of suppression that acts more like a stun than a complete shutdown. Um... Well, the second part of your statement is just not... I just don't think it's correct. I I think it's clear in the trailer that guy is no longer in his super. He is running, he is in his super, he gets hit by the melee, and he is no longer in the super. It's over. Even Even if it's not, he's moving so slow that he's dead in the water anyway. He can't do anything. Like, he's moving in slow motion after the first, and the second one completely and utterly freezes him. So, um... So that, yeah, it just gets it gets immediately snuffed out. I mean, you can frame by frame it and see that that's that's true. Now, as far as the you know what can Stasis do that Void doesn't? I mean, well, for starters, they're setting in in the trailer. They create walls. They set traps. They it's you know the enemies aren't slowed and taking more damage. Like the enemies just stop and then can be like exploded. Um, so I feel like it's it, there's there's significant differences. Um, there are significant differences between the two. We don't see his point of view after he or after he respawns. Hunter, I just find it hard to believe that they would literally give you the ability to hit someone with the blade and he stops. I mean, it, the, the, the super the super glow is no longer around him. Okay, and then he likely dies because he gets hit with another one. He's frozen. I can't see that person coming back to life and having some of their super. I, you know what I mean? I, I, it's that would be really, really strange 
to come back to life and be like, oh, I still have my super or I have a certain amount of my super energy. Um, I don't know. When you get suppressed now, that's kind of the end of the road. That's it. You're done. Whether you get hit with tractor cannon or a suppression grenade. Um, I don't know. That guy, that guy is dead in the water. You know, isn't the suppression grenade Titans have had forever? Yeah, the difference is this blade looks really, really easy to use. Suppression nades, you have to like throw on the ground and like it's got to explode at just the right moment. It's really hard to predict when people are in their supers. They're, you know, they're pretty fast. They're also pushing forward. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, I think a lot of times this happens. You're doing like the what if, what if, what if. That's probably not that big of a deal. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. I'm not going to dispute that with you. Sure, there could be some strange scenario where it knocks the guy out of his super and then he comes back and still has super energy. Do I think that's likely in light of everything in the game right now? I think that's very unlikely. What I think is more likely is it's a suppression blade and it literally takes them out of their super and it's going to infuriate people. Um, That's what I think. (laughs) Um you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a roaming super shutdown, and it's gonna feel really OP because it's literally just a melee. Um, and then the next hit just freezes them dead in their tracks. If if I'm banking on possibilities, Hunter, I'm not gonna back your prediction. I'm gonna back the prediction that the footage seems to indicate. You could be right. You will. You could be right. It could be completely different rules because of the ease of use and because ice is different and all you know all this. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. You could be right. I happen to think there's a lot of things in the game now and there's enough evidence in that footage to say, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a complete and utter suppression knocked out of the super and then that, that he doesn't get it back. So, um, are you guys actually debating MMO? MMORPG in the Discord. I don't know why people continue to debate this and try and come up with their own definition of MMO. Luke Smith said that the game is becoming an action MMO. They're in, they're, they are they are donning that moniker, right? And so the a massive multiplayer online game, that's what it stands for, is an online game with large numbers of players, often hundreds of thousands on the same server, okay? So that's just saying that's often how it turns out. It's not saying it has to be hundreds of thousands on the same server. It's saying this is often uh, a characteristic you will find. MMO is such a generic term. It's literally massive multiplayer online game. Like, they've created their own genre it's an action MMO. What the heck is an action MMO? I'd never heard anybody say that before Luke Smith said it. It's like saying it's a it's an FPS. It just means first person shooter. Well, what kind of first person shooter is it? Oh, it's an it's an action adventure first person shooter. It's a it's an RPG first person shooter. It's a looter shooter first person shooter. You know what I mean? So, I I have never really understood why people get so hung up on that. MMO is not some hyper-specific term that is only reserved for, you know, World of Warcraft or something. I, You know? I like the idea that most MMOs are very RPG-focused, while Destiny doesn't have much RPG elements, so most people really consider it a traditional... Oh, they don't consider it a traditional MMO. 
right again traditional mmo again you're using a qualifier a traditional mmo is like a, a world of warcraft and everquest you know since the beginning the game has been classified as a shared world shooter i wouldn't consider it an mmo it doesn't really matter what you consider it if the game's director comes out and says this is an action mmo then it it doesn't get i you know what i mean you don't really get to define it <laughs> somebody could come out and be like this game is an rpg and you would look at it and be like i don't really think so when i think of an rpg i think of diablo and stats and minor percentage ads and hours and hours and hours of playtime and they'd be like yeah well we have three classes to choose from with some abilities and skill trees and we consider that good enough that we're calling our game an rpg like these terms are generic they're not they're not meant to be hyper specific and narrow by its own base definition massive multiplayer online game it's it's at its core it's generic it's not meant to be hyper specific it's everything that comes after that makes it you know do you consider call of duty an mmo then well, it no because MMO typically in these in these environments is referring to games where it's everybody's on and doing things at the same time and PVP games have never been referred to as MMO. It's an FPS, it's an FPS PVP game. It's a first person shooter player versus player. Now, at a very generic level, yeah, there's hundreds of people playing, but because there isn't a world for you to go into, it's literally a match that you go into. It's an arena. It's an arena shooter. It's th- There's not a world to go into. I can go to the tower. I can go to EDZ. There is a world with other people in it. It's a massive multiplayer online game. Hundreds of thousands of players online at any given time, and there they are just running around. If you, if you if you go into a game like Call of Duty, it's just an arena shooter. I mean, Battlefield as well. It's 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 more of a it's more of a large scale arena shooter. But there's large these large arenas, these set places where one team goes in and plays against another you know another team. So, and again, you know, World War Two had a social space in it where you can explore. Here's what I think you're attempting to do. You're attempting to muddy the waters by bringing in games that don't don that moniker. So it kind of is irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant to be like, well, but this game has a social hub. Okay, do they call themselves an MMO? If they do, then cool. If they don't, then why does it matter? Bungie refers to their game as an action MMO. That's a mic drop. That's the end of the discussion. You're not in charge of classifying the game. They are. They made it. It's their game. It's their IP. If the guys from Call of Duty come out and be like, yeah, we're, you know, we're considering ourselves an MMO now. We've added social spaces and lots of people can play at the same time and discover each other and blah, 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 blah. If they come out and say it, dope. Cool. That's, they, they, that's, I get, they, they consider themselves an MMO. I can disagree with their classification. Why? Why? Who cares? Wait, what, what do you mean? How can you disagree? Are you in charge? Are you the arbiter of MMO? (laughs) You're the arbiter? Do we have to consult? Like, what's the point? It's such a worthless argument. 
It's no reason to even have it. You're the gatekeeper, right? Well, I, I wouldn't waste an ounce of energy or or your intelligence, because a lot of you guys are intel- you're, 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 you're intelligent people. I wouldn't waste an ounce of energy on this. Is Luke the Arbiter? It's their game! He's the game director! It's- oh, yes! It, he is! <laughs> when the game director comes out and says, this is an action MMO, single evolving world, and we're investing more in the RPG elements, he didn't invent the genre? It isn't even a genre! What are you talking about? MMO is a term, not a genre. MMO is a, is a classification. It just means massive multiplayer game. It's applied across games that have zero things in common with each other. MMO is not a rigid genre. No, you can apply it to a variety of game types that are not the same genre at all. If if it's it, like if F if you, you want to say like oh arena FPS is a genre, MMO and FPS are like super super generic zoomed out genres they're not like rigid like oh i'm trying to think of like a like a board game right that's a genre and then within board games there's more specific genres so there's subgenres within the genre itself that's why this is such a stupid debate mmo is like saying board game once you go to the Isle of Board Games in Target, there are subgenres within board games. Right? That's why this debate is just so absolutely silly. MMO is like big giant generic genre. FPS, big giant generic genre. Down in the subgenres, that's why I say it's like a classification. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like a genre to me. It's like a classification. It's like board game. And then you go to the board game aisle, and there's all these different types. And that's when you get into like the different ones. It just doesn't... It, I, I just have never, ever understood why people want to gatekeep MMO. Like, it, it was born out of EverQuest and, and World of Warcraft, essentially. Is where the term was born out of. And because of that, I think folks are attempting to gatekeep it and be like, well, you can't use that to refer to a game like Destiny. Why not? Like, I, why not? I don't, I don't understand. Why you, why you can't use it to refer to other games? According to who, though? Long before WoW? It was, pro- it was probably first referred to... Uh, there was a game before EverQuest, and I always forget the name of it. There was a game before EverQuest that you could refer to as probably being like the, f- the grandfather of MMOs, and I can't remember the name of it. And then there was EverQuest, and then there was... And then there was uh, yeah, Ultima. Ultima, thank you. Ultima, Onli- Ultima Online is probably the grandfather. Then there's EverQuest. Then there's World of Warcraft, okay? And then now we have games like ESO and others, right? The idea that anybody can log on, go into the world, and do stuff and see other people. So, you have games like, you know, Destiny, you have games like Division, uh, you have games like Anthem, you have games like, um, I would even consider the, the what was the Monhun game that was kind of like that? It, uh, I always forget the name of it. Um, Dauntless, you know, uh, War, uh, Warframe. These are all games that are inspired by and, and, and have been born out of that journey of the term MMO. MMO is just super generic. 
Wolfenstein 3D, the first ever first person shooter. But once you get into first person shooter, there's single player campaign first person shooter. There's there's looter shooters. There's RPG looter shooters. There's action MMO FPS games, right? So FPS is just super generic. I've had people say that that, that Destiny isn't an isn't uh, isn't an RPG. It's an FPS game, and I'm like, those two are not at odds with each other. You know what I mean? Just because I call a duck a horse doesn't mean it's a horse. You're you're not you're not even entering the landscape of the argument now, Avenger. You've just left the field and you're shouting out in the in the in the in the parking lot. You're not even on the field of battle now. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. If a game has lots of people on at any given time and it's a shared world and they decide as the developer of the game to refer to it as an action MMO, then that's the end of the discussion. You're not the one that's made the game. You're not the one that's come up with even the term. You're not. It's a generic, it's a super, super generic term. <laughs> it doesn't, There. it's such a pointless debate. At the end of the day, it doesn't make any difference. Well, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to disagree with Bungie. Why? What purpose is there to do that? What's to be gained in the debate? What are you winning if you somehow exhaust somebody into giving up and being like, yeah, fine, it's not an MMO. It's an, it's an online FPS RPG looter shooter shared world game. Like, it just doesn't make a, it just doesn't make any difference. It's just coming down to like some subjective opinion on the matter. And it's like, I, I don't know if, 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 if Diablo came out and wanted to refer to their game as, as some new term that they wanted to use, you know, uh, yeah, an MMORPG dungeon crawler, and you're like, well, I, I disagree with that classification. Who cares? It's their game. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, I don't know. It's like, uh, I'm trying to think of, they, they, they do this in, um, in, in movies they do this, right? A romantic comedy. Well, it's not really a romance movie. What? What do you mean? It's a romantic comedy. It's a rom-com. It's a combination. It's a hybrid. It's got elements of a romance movie, but it's got elements of a comedy. It's not actually a comedy. It's got mushy crap in it. It's not really a comedy. Yeah, you're right. It's a rom-com. It's a romantic comedy. Sci-fi horror. It's not really a horror movie. It's got all this science-y stuff in it. It's not really a sci-fi movie. It's got all this gory horror in it. No, you're right. It's a sci-fi horror flick. So when they say action MMO, they're creating a hybrid. It's got elements of an MMO. It's got elements of an action game. It's and They're mashing the two together. That's why the debate is so dumb. You're taking generic, big giant umbrella generic terms and mashing them together. Sci-fi horror, rom-com, action MMO. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's a pointless debate. It's a pointless debate. Because you could basically be like, it's not an action game. Well, how do you define an action game? That's probably got very generic definitions as well. Very broad. You know, eight, Horizon Zero Dawn's an action-adventure game, but it's also got RPG elements. It's also open world. You know? It's just... it's that. That's why 
It's a generic term, but the same thing. It follows more aspects of different genres and has some MMO aspects. If it wants to truly become an MMO, it needs to bring aspects. No, see, I'm stopping you right there. You're doing the same thing that so many people do. If it truly wants to become an MMO, er, hit the brakes, stop. They've never said they've wanted to do that. Pointless debate. You got to immediately get out of the car. Hit the brakes and get out of the car. You, they, they've never said they wanted to become an MMO. They've said, we're an action MMO and we want to invest more in the RPG elements with more stats and more. And that was that's what he said in the video. He said, we want to give you more stats. That's what they did. They've doubled your stats. Instead of just three, there's six. And now you have armor 2.0 and you can build craft and you can do all these things. Right? Yeah, it has RPG elements because you have skill trees, Philbo, in Horizon Zero Dawn. You have skill trees, and the skill trees have stats, and the items have stats. You can get higher ranked uh, rope launchers, and they're stronger, and they're different colors, and they're and they have better perks, and they and they refresh quicker. That all that's all that's in Horizon Zero Dawn. There's 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 RPG elements. Been a while for me. Yeah, don't you remember? You could like upgrade and go from like a blue to a purple launcher, and then like you could get like yeah, it had our it had a actually it had a lot of RPG elements. It's action adventure RPG open world. Again, you're just grabbing all these these like markers. That's why when you go to Steam, like one game will be like roguelite, and then it'll have like a dungeon crawler or side scroller or platformer or puzzle solving. They're just grabbing these. Uh, they're like identity markers. That's why when I said it's not really a genre, that's what I meant. It's like, it's not really a genre. It's like, a, it's, it's again, it's like an identity marker. It's like you're checking boxes and saying, yep, it has this, 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 and this, almost like ingredients. It's a, it's a, it's a pepperoni, mushroom, and banana pepper pizza, right? You're just checking those boxes. It's not a pepperoni pizza. When he, well, pepperoni pizza only has pepperoni on it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like the term Metroidvania. Yep. Yeah. So when you say, I I saw a streamer say this once, if they truly want to become an MMO, they got to do blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, why are you even bothering saying that? They've never said they wanted to become a traditional MMO. They've never said they wanted to become a fully orbed 10 hour day MMO like World of Warcraft. They have never, ever said that. They've never said that. They're, they're carving their own path. They're, think about it, man. They're creating their own game. No one makes... No, no game in existence is like Destiny. Nothing. Even the games that try to be. Anthem and Division, eh, no, not quite. Yeah, it's not quite the same. Borderlands, eh, you know. There's always other games coming out that are, you know, they're trying to do things similar. You know, Warframe and others. You know, Warframe's evolved over the last, like, seven years into a very, very different game than when it first launched. So, they're, they're not on the train tracks of becoming traditional MMO. They're, they're, they're creating their own path in their own world. And the MMO is just one aspect, one descriptor. It's not an all-encompassing rigid term, just like FPS RPG are similar, just very generic characteristics of games. So... You guys didn't derail Q&A. People love this kind of thing. When you guys get me fired up and we go back and forth, people love it. So. I have to say that if they want to be an action MMO with RPG elements, when it has very few MMO aspects minus being online. No, it has a lot of aspects. Shared social spaces, open worlds where you can run into anybody at any given time, right? 
It, it actually has a lot of markers of an MMO. If, if, if you added dedicated servers, then the conversation would be over. Just because they're instances doesn't mean you're not basically able to, right now, drop down on a planet and run around and see people doing stuff. It's a living world. It's a single evolving world. It's got a social space. It's got planets you can go to, and there's people on the planets right now. It's it's got it's actually got a lot of it's got a lot of uh, markers of 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 other MMOs you can play. The only difference between this game and like ESO is the size of the spaces and the quantity of the players. A social space, a world where I can go out and go and do missions, dungeons. You know, world bosses, world fights, right? And I can run into people doing those world fights. The only difference is the quantity of players. That's it. That's what massive is. Okay, but you're defining massive in a very, very specific way. Massive multiplayer uh, multiplayer online game. How many other multiplayer games right now have the quantity of players after a day of the Destiny does? A million people a day. That's massive, homie. They're in their own category. They're in their own ballpark. Almost no other games pull those kind of numbers. At any given time, there are thousands of people playing at a given time. That's massive. Comparatively, they're in their own league. They're in their own league. It's a top five Steam game, right? Like, look at the number. You, you end a day and Charlemagne's like, yeah, a million people played yesterday. If, that, if that's not massive, comparatively, man, come on. It's no, it's, it's no comparison. It's in its own category. There's so few. There's so few. I'm saving this video. <laughs> You're arguing this pretty hard to start saying it's not worth debating. It's fun to debate. It's fun to debate, but the I, I said it's not worth denying them the MMO. Be like, no, 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 you can't use that term. You know what I mean? So we got to move on because we're only halfway through the questions. <laughs> we're only halfway through the questions. So good back and forth. People were respectful and, and see it very differently than me. That's totally fine. Alright. Lono's very life force is sustained by debating people that disagree with him. <laughs> Next month's topic found it. Oh, you frick, Avenger. You frick. He's gonna make me do a video on it? Listen. If you wanna step into the ring and you wanna co <laughs> you wanna co-host, you wanna duel, I that is up to you, my friend. <laughs> If you want to step into the ring with me on audio next month to debate this, <laughs> you uh, you go you go for it, dude. You swing hard, homie. <laughs> I'm not a lightweight, so you might want to do some workouts between here and then. <laughs> It'll be fun. It'll be fun beating the snot out of you. All right, kind of fishy. <laughs> With the look of the new abilities, do you think they're giving more into the idea of the new engine, the ability to spawn platforms and actually physical walls wherever you like? I mean, I didn't even consider this. Like, making physical walls is another potential uh, indicator that the engine's being updated. Like, we're creating a, a physical item um, that can be stood upon. Uh, can we do anything like that right now? Because rally barricades and barricades and stuff are not physically there. Like you don't, you can, you can't like step on them. I don't know. I'm not actually sure. I got my notes down. <laughs> I'll be a lightweight, but I'll be scrappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I would say that. Um, 
I would definitely say that that's another indicator that I didn't even consider. Rally flag used to be, but they turned off collision. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Spike grenades were able to be stood on before. Trip mine, trip mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing that big, though. Right? Nothing that big. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a giant, it's a giant wall. It's a giant wall. So this is, this is another good observation. What class are you most excited for? Um, I, the picture, the picture that got me excited was the one I used for my thumbnail with the, um, the thumbnail with the, with the spelling mistake is this guy here. That's the hunter, isn't it? He's got the, he's got the the pickaxes um we've not seen i don't think you get the do we get to see that in 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 use in the in the videos i don't think you get to see that in the actual videos maybe that's what he's slamming into the ground we see him throw them no we slowed down the footage the thing he throws is like a is like a ninja star kind of a thing we see him throw them and slam them down where does he throw the actual pickaxe? I'm I'm actually curious where he does that. It's in the first trailer. Oh, find me a timestamp so we can get a fro like a like a freeze frame of it at the prime max. Oh, when he spins around, is he throwing the ice picks? Oh. They looked a lot smaller there because in there, those are big in his hand. Those are like, I don't know. Maybe, do you think, I don't know. So he throws them in that part. Okay, okay. Oh, go to the first video. Is it easier to see in the first video? Okay, we'll watch that later. That's the one I'm most excited for is is that one up there at the uh, at the top. The one with the, the, one with the ice picks. Uh, what do you think should be done with data miners leaking content or do you think it's fine as long as spoiler warnings are displayed I don't think it's a fight worth having I don't think it's a fight worth having you're, you're, you're never going to stop it the more you fight it the more it would probably mushroom anyway uh, Bradley with the addition of stasis should Bungie rework guns like Coldheart, Hardlight and Borealis to have stasis freezing effect this is a really good question. I would say yes, but I'm not going to demand it. You know, I could see Coldheart being retooled, but we, you know, as far as Borealis and Hardlight, um, I I, uh, I would say yes. I think logically you could do that, but I also think you could say no. These other exotics that are new are going to stand out more because they have it, and those old ones don't. So I'd be in I'd be in favor of either, honestly. Small King. Based on the trailer, what would be potential problems in Crucible with the new abilities? Uh, getting outside the map and suppressing people out of supers and freezing people could become absolutely irritating. Like whenever you try to play Mayhem and those douchebag hunters are in there. That's right. I said it. I said it. They're in there with their tethers being annoying. Um, ruining everybody's fun. Especially on certain maps. They literally just tether the doors and you can't even go in and attack them. It's like really, really annoying. Um, it could become like that like all the time the pickaxe action is at 112 in the first trailer well the first trailer is not in here so we'll have to watch it after um, it might feel like that Yeah, getting out of the mat sure that's something they can patch and fix but if people are just constantly running around and suppressing and freezing each other it might get really really annoying you know 
Insomniac. Uh, oh, and Darkwing uh, Duck tipped two dollars and said genre, <laughs> genre, genre. Uh, Insomniac says, in my opinion, Stasis doesn't really seem like a darkness power. More like Frozen meets Destiny. Uh, what do you think would have more of a darkness-like subclass? Something like Corruption? Well, like the black sort of taken corruption stuff that uh, is is being bottled by the Drifter. Uh, or something like Decay. Um, I'm waiting for the fail videos where somebody puts up an ice wall and the fire team tries to make a jump. That, or like what I did at Lanterns the one time, I thought I was putting down a rally barricade and I put down a towering barricade and everybody was blowing themselves up. That was a really funny clip. That clip got deleted though because of all the DMCA stuff. We didn't get to save any of that. That was a pretty funny one though. Um, So, uh... Yeah, I, if you say it doesn't feel like a darkness power, I mean, it's kind of the opposite of solar. Um, you know, it, it has a dark, you know, mysterious look to it. I'm not going to get too bent on that, though. I, but I do think we could learn a blight, we called it today, a blight, you know, subclass from the Drifter and then a decay subclass from the uh, the Stranger. Frozen meats, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Luke Spray, do you think that the new light DLC with the last DLC on current gen sense? Con- do you think that the new light DLC will the last? Okay, that doesn't make any sense. In the video, it looked like the abilities being used were all utility and support. Do you think Bungie is trying to switch to more utility-centered roles, and if so, why? That could be part of the experimentation because they don't want all the supers to basically break down into uh, support, uh, I'm sorry, survivor DPS. Right now it's like, use it to survive, well, bubble tether, uh, or use it for DPS, celestial, um, and I don't even know what else. (laughs) Uh, I I guess chaos reach, and then, you know, the code of the missile. Uh, You know, those 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 do a pretty decent amount of DPS. Um, so yeah, utility based could be where they're trying to go because they're trying to experiment. Yeah, Nova Bomb DPS, thank you. Yeah, they're trying to experiment with more elaborate subclasses, more customization. Who knows? Maybe everything they're showing us is support versions of stasis, and there's aggressive DPS versions of stasis that we haven't seen yet. Maybe that slam that puts that stuff under the ground, maybe that's actually really good for DPS. Maybe it freezes the enemy and makes them take more damage. Maybe it knocks the enemy back or something. I don't know. I think Luke Spray was asking if Beyond Light DLC will be the last expansion on the old-gen consoles. All right, let me, let me scroll back up. Do you think the new Light DLC... Oh, Beyond Light will be the last on the current-gen consoles. Thank you for interpreting that for me, Silent Magician. Okay, um... Do I think it will be the last? I'm going to say yes, maybe. Like, yes, maybe. Uh, it's a hybrid answer. It's not It's not just MMO. It's action MMO. It's not just yes. It's not just maybe. It's a yes, maybe. I'm going to say yes, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say yes, maybe, and here's why. That would be a year, uh, a year after next gen, and then the next year they could be like, if you want... Witch Queen, you have to upgrade your your uh, your console, and they could basically use this enhanced version on the Xbox One Series X 
and whatever they do on PS5 to really try to get that Destiny console audience to come over. They did it with Rise of Iron. They said, listen, only about 10% of you are on the old consoles. We have to do this. They could spend a year really trying to get you to come over, really wooing you like, oh, it's expanded, it's enhanced, new this, new bit, fill in the blank. And then they're like, yeah, for Witch Queen, you're going to have to switch like we did with Rise of Iron. And I think people should just basically get over it. No offense. I know it's tough. I know it's expensive. I know sometimes you're like, I can't afford it. Um, This year especially would be a terrible year to do that because of COVID. But next year, 2021 is... How many years is that since the launch of the the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4? I mean, what is that? Like 11 years or something absurd? Um, (laughs) When did they even launch? I don't even know. When did the Xbox One and the PS4 launch? What year was it? 2013. Okay, it's not 11 years. I'm sorry. That's that's eight years. Oh, so this is seven years. That'll be eight years. A couple years short of a decade. You know, I I don't know, man. I I, I that's that's a long, long time. Um, so when you build a game, you have to build on the lowest denominator platform and build up. Uh, it holds back devs and moving on to next gen would be a big update in quality right and who knows maybe when they do that next year if they do that if witch queen is only available on the next gen consoles that could mean big things for dedicated servers or cross play um you know they could that could be the time that they really land a lot of those planes do you think it would be if you had an xbox one x you'd be okay rather than going all the way I don't think so, Christina, because the difference between an Xbox One and an Xbox One X is probably not significant enough. The Series X and the PS5 are powerhouses. They are strong machines. Um, and there's a lot that you get by going up. Being able to get Destiny 4K60, I, I, I don't know if people realize that's a big deal. Like, that's... <laughs> 4K60? That is a big deal. These are powerful machines. And so, I don't know. I, that's 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 really really going to make it tough to to keep supporting the old consoles in 2021 and beyond. You know, I don't like leaving people behind. I don't like people feeling like they get left out because they can't afford a new console. But man, oh man, eight years—that's a long time to, for for a console shelf life. Milwaukee with the brand new tier one membership. Thank you for clicking the join button. Enjoy the emotes and the in the discord perks uh finding chemo says in the video it looked like the abilities being used were all utility oh i already answered this one boards assuming status (laughs) you're so funny boards uh does a lot of control like barriers freezing abilities why would anyone use the old supers uh dps uh surviving face tanking well of Radiance Bubble and Tether are still going to get a lot of play in PvE. Trust. They will still get a lot of play. Uh, especially in the harder content. They're too strong to be ignored. So, We said earlier in the Q&A, there'll be about a month where everybody's using the same thing. But as time goes on, yeah, and burns, you know, uh, modifier burns and stuff. Yeah. It, it, it won't be the only thing anybody uses for forever. It'll dominate for a while, and then it'll rebalance. Um, so, Titan... Zerzon Titan. Hang on a second. I think I'm on my Warlock. Uh, oh, no, I'm not. I need to get my Warlock and then go buy the thing from him. 
Hello, Lono. I'm following you on Twitch. Uh, no, you're not. I don't have a Twitch channel anymore. <laughs> Thanks for coming over here, though. If that's what you mean, you're following me from Twitch. I appreciate it very, very much. Dracus. Hey, Lono. If the engine change is real, does the platform grenades indicate a more open map? Uh, similar. Uh, another question was very similar to this just a little bit ago. So, yeah, I, uh, I agree. Uh, not sorry for the bad joke, you clickbait monster. And it was good. It was subtle, boards. It was a subtle jab, and I appreciate that. Um, I don't want to extrapolate too much from grenade walls. Oh, it means we're going to get much op- more more open maps, bigger maps. I maybe. I I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I don't want to extrapolate too much from the grenade wall, but I will say we've we, you know another observation was made that like. That means that, you know, they're doing something to the engine if you can create physical objects in, in such a substantive way. FET44. Is it possible that these stasis abilities have a risk-reward element in PvP? If you were to create an ice wall, but an enemy player destroys it and you're too close, it freezes you instead? Oh, I like that. That's a good suggestion. Oh, a 60 Skull of the Dire Ahamkara is being sold. That's nice. I have a 66. Uh, solar, and this is a 60, um, this is a 60 arc, so I'm gonna buy that, uh, Liar's Handshake, a 63 Liar's Handshake, that's probably worth owning, uh, we got a Sunshot, and then we got the Eternal Warrior 61, and then I'm gonna buy, uh, an Exotic Ingram, and I got the Winter's Guile, a 63 Winter's Guile, so, not a bad haul, not a bad haul. We'll keep Zer up because people probably coming to uh, YouTube or searching for that. Um, Rain in the Dark. In Astrocross's video, he speculated that Stasis could have a primer and detonation system like in Anthem. Do you think this could add some depth to Destiny Supers and abilities? Yes. This could be the beginning of the complementary elemental thing that we were talking about earlier. So like, maybe Stasis and solar start interacting in a specific way maybe we do get a blight ability from uh the drifter in in witch queen and maybe that and void work together and then maybe the decay subclass works with you know arc you know like some sort of conduction like it starts to decay and then the conduction from arc um, enhances and uh, expediates expediates? is that a word? it expedites the decay does that make sense? they could do some really cool things there like void and blight end up becoming like a super powerful like almost like black hole it's like an acceleration right? and obviously solar hitting arc makes sense right? they're frozen boom oh they're on fire boom hit them with ice like the dramatic temperature change is you know extreme and then when you get the you get the uh, you get the the decay on there you can accelerate the decay by supercharging with electricity and if electricity's on there you could throw decay on and it like interweaves with the electricity and creates a, a you know a destructive effect they could they could complement each other in that way um, you know 
that that could be like again that could be a really good idea to kind of borrow from anthem and then add more depth to combat like man these guys are so freaking strong well no if you freeze them first and hit them with solar if you put blight on them first and hit them with void if you uh if you put decay on them first and hit them with you know electric effect um this is almost like the champion system right it's something on top of normal damage it's something on top of normal uh you know normal normal combat It'd be a great way. I've always said, add depth to the combat, not just deltas or, or modifiers. Add depth. Make me do certain things. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Mike on to Mike. Yo, what's good, Lono? What are you looking forward to the most of all? I look forward to the 60 FPS on console. I'm looking forward to what seems like engine enhancements. That's the thing I'm really, really anxious to hear about. If they're, in fact, doing that. Uh... Do you see combo system from Anthem? We just had this question, Eknor. So it's a repeat. Sorry about that. That's one of the reasons early access with VIPs is a perk. Uh, and being in the Discord, even as a tier one is a perk, you can get your questions in a little bit earlier. But we just had this one. Bulldog. They could be at the Sony event in August. Not really a question. Last Kokoi. Sorry if this was answered already, but do you think that the new subclass system could have a point system like the artifact where it limits the points where you could fight, pick your perks? Maybe, maybe it is going to be more of a traditional, like, customizable subclass, so it could be structured that way. Yeah. Division 2 has you popping off pieces of armor to expose body for crits. Yeah, I always thought they could do another champion. I called it an armored champion, and then that would give utility to snipers and fusions. Snipers and fusions could be the only um, weapons that can run armor-busting mods, and so the sniper could, like, zoom in and pinpoint armor spots and shoot them off, and fusions could do the same thing. They could, like, melt the armor off, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Or penetrate it and, and, and knock it off. Um... That would give that would give uh, snipers and fusions or scouts. Yeah, maybe give scouts the ability to run it too. Then scouts would suddenly have utility. Uh, armored champions was an idea I had in a, a video a couple months ago, I think. But great minds think alike. I mean, I, that, that's that's in division. That's another great way to add layer to the combat. Excuse me. Uh, Formal logic. Do you see Bungie modifying any current weapons to use stasis or use them? Folks are talking about, you know, Cold Heart and some others or, you know, adding it to something like Hard Light. I don't, I don't know. But a reissue, yes. But existing weapons suddenly having it added on there, I, I'm, I'm just going to shrug and say I have no idea. I'm not going to fight for either or. Vexler. Stasis as a new element would mean that they may add stasis resistance and stasis based mods. Elemental resist mods may only go on that affinity of armor. Do you think that it would be a good decision to add a new affinity in addition to the damage type? We had the affinity question really, really early in Q&A. I could envision them just attaching it to others. So if it's arc, it's also, it's arc slash stasis. The mods themselves would look that way, right? All arc mods would be arc slash stasis. So if you get a piece of stasis armor, they're not they're not suddenly going to be four affinities. They're still just three. It's just stasis becomes interchangeable and can interact with arc mods. You know what I mean? So. Uh, really, really good Q&A. Really, really good Q&A. Uh, we're going to go ahead and transition to VIP call-ins. So if you're a VIP and you're not here live, you want to be here live for that. If you're not a VIP and you want to take part, you can upgrade to VIP. Uh, So get ready in the Discord. I think I'm going to have my lunch in between. If you're listening in all the other locations, easiest way to support me is to subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the bell button, and then you can click join or go to sntrpresents.com if Patreon's easier for you. 
SNTRpresents.com will take you to the Patreon and you can join there and then hop in the Discord to sync things up. All right. As always, if you're listening and watching in all the locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be one of the viewer VIP call-in sessions that followed my talk about the Beyond Light Stasis trailer. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can take part in these if you want to be a VIP. You can do that on the YouTube channel by clicking join, or you can go to SNTRpresents.com. SNTRpresents.com will take you to the Patreon. You can pick one of the tier levels and then go to the Discord and sync it up. And if you're here on YouTube, hit and like, share, sub, uh, subscribe, and the bell button and all that helps out the channel for free. Uh, and you don't have to become a paying member to do that or to be part of the daily you know, streams in the live chat. You can just go to saynotorage.com to take part of those. So, we're going to jump right to Kinda Fishy with the first call in about uh, the topic today. What do you got? So, one of the major things I noticed also with the new physics with the ice subclasses is mm-hmm. that Hunter did not jump. He threw that grenade at his feet and was launched into the air in the video. Okay. So, that I think brings another part of the new engine is we don't have things that really we physics ourselves with right now. Anything like that, it's a grenade launcher. We just blow ourselves up. So, I think that in line with the fact that we are now creating physical objects in the game. Anything that we do in the game currently that creates a physical object is something that is kind of already put into the game. It's going to happen. We just make it happen. Like a rally banner is in that set small location. We don't put it there. So when we were able to climb on top of it and such, it was predetermined that it was going to be in that location where where we put these grenades are not so that is showing that it's implemented in a uh worldwide um context which would be a engine change yeah i mean i don't i don't know if i i agree that i think the wall creation on its own is an indication of something different in the engine because Usually right now when something moves us, it's like a jump pad or like a, almost like a gravity tunnel that that like moves us up and down. Um, having uh, a deplo- you know a deployable wall that physically is taking up space. It's not like a rally barricade or a towering barricade where you can like pass through it. Um, this is taking up physical space, not just physical space, but it's adding physical movement like it's pushing that hunter up in that clip um i think that's another good observation that there i i would think there'd have to be some level of engine change for them to do something like that because as you said there's nothing really in the game like that right now you can't like rocket jump or propel yourselves uh with something i mean maybe a little bit if like you put a grenade at your feet and jump at the right time there might be something um but i I don't want to put too much stock in that, but I think if you take that along with all of our other observations in the trailer, I think it does add to it. Uh, it adds to the idea that they've had to make significant changes to the game because anytime we physically generate something, whether it's a Titan bubble, a uh, well of radiance, a towering barricade or a rally barricade or a rift, they're not, phys- they're not taking up physical space and they're not even moving us. Um, the only thing is that move us, it's almost like they push us, like they push us through 
the 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 like the 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 spinning things on uh, on the cabal missions and stuff, and then you you like the gravity you you drop into a tunnel and it like pushes you up almost like you're being and then like the wind in the Leviathan, so I think that's a pretty decent observation as well that the the the, the, the hunter seems to like jump but then get propelled and shoved up by the the creation of the wall which is very similar to what the you know the healer does in Valorant you can like put her wall on the ground and like it raises you um, it doesn't really propel you but it does it's physically there and you can get on top of it so I, that's a good observation um, another point so you had mentioned like bubbles and such those are things we create but how many times you've been on a moving platform you pop a bubble and it just sinks because you're physically moving but it's not because we spawn it in that location but we are no longer in that location these i feel say um what's the uh scarlet keep strike on that elevator i popped a bubble on there and it sinks and stays where it's at i think if we were to throw the ice on there it's going to move and stay with us right no yeah that's a that's yeah that's another good thought about like what we can do right now um i remember on the it was the i experienced what you just described on the arms dealer strike i was like oh let me put down a a bubble and it didn't come with us and i was like wait what it's not physically anchored to anything it's not physically there it's almost like it's ethereal or something um so it it uh it it could be again another indication like this is attaching itself physically to an item creating you know, a platform, and in this case, creating a wall that can either propel you or block, uh, or, or create, you know, new verti- verticality options. So, again, that's that's another good observation that presently the things we can deploy don't physically anchor themselves to anything. Yeah, and I'd also notice something. They have taken a huge step with the armor. Um, I, at the first scene in the trailer, they have them walking through the snow, and at first, I thought it was a NPC because they had a large backpack, um, and that's not something presently we have. But in uh, later points, they actually all characters seem to in the armor set have a large backpack, which is pretty interesting that they've taken that route. Hmm. Yeah. Like they're maybe yeah, they can maybe they can nomadic. attach. Yeah. Well, maybe they can attach things to us in a more physical way. Because I, I think about the size of the armor in Age of Triumph, but all those were almost like light projections. They weren't physically, you know, large. There were some large pieces, almost like the wings on the, the Vog set. But yeah, I mean, maybe they're doing something similar with the armor. They're experimenting with taking up larger physical space because, you know, maybe the engine can handle it. Yeah. So. Uh, that's the main points I had. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Avenger, what do you got? All right. So um, I I submitted a question talking about how uh, that I feel like as a community, at least, we focus on either support or high DPS uh, subclasses. And that's mainly referring to the super. Uh, The issue that I have also with the subclasses currently is that the only thing that subclasses are doing is directly buffing us or it's directly like it's doing things to us it's not doing things to the enemies um you have your empowerments your um rifts your barricade like your barricades are there physically in the world but it's protecting us um it's you have your dodge rolls affecting you 
um wave a thousand cuts with your um whatever the night whatever the uh thing is where you get your um melee back faster with burning mm -hmm. uh, that's only affecting you and i think that you know having these subclasses if they're affecting more of the enemies um i think that's what will make them better um but the thing is i think subclasses need to be more focused on uh like not just the super like the super of course needs to be good but a lot of these subclasses i think that they could be better and you could ignore the super and you could say run like a heavy ammo scav or a heavy ammo finisher and that way you could focus on your heavy ammo and just keep uh focusing on these um things in the subclass and not focusing on the super like is the super the super is good so i'm gonna force to use it instead of the subclass is good yeah, I think the challenge here is that it, our, you know, our subclass does do things to the enemy. I mean, you put a grenade down, it's going to burn them, and area of effect's going to keep them back, or they're going to run through it and they're going to die. I if they like run, the if they the tree, what's that? I meant like the perks in the tree, like your tree, like you have, you know, your grenade and whatever. But I mean, like the perks in the tree specifically, like the four nodes that you have. Oh, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, so there there could be there could be room here for more of that. And I, I, th that's something we've talked a lot a, a lot recently is that creating subclasses that are not so you know they're all so very similar. You're either like putting down something for survival that gives you overshield or buffs your damage, uh, or you do a super that is purely damage focused, like a Slova or Celestial Nighthawk Goldie. You know, these are kind of the two camps they fall into um i here's one of the problems with a subclass like if it was more centered around like doing something to like the enemies or doing something to the team if it's doing something to the enemies there's really only one thing you want to do to the enemies and that's kill them um so it would be those would be damage focused and then if you go in the other direction, you're like, oh, we'll make perks that do something that are support, that, that does something to my teammates. The reason I think that's challenging to put in the game in a way that people would find enjoyable is when you're using the Lumina, it's the player feedback isn't really there. Because when I shoot an enemy, I see the numbers pop up. If I throw knives at an enemy, I see them. I see the knives go out. I see the knives hit the enemy. There's, there's immediacy to the player feedback. I think that's a big challenge in Destiny is a support class. You don't necessarily really see the effect of the support. I mean, obviously, if you talk about Bubble or a Well, you do. But if I could, like, hit you with an ice grenade and, it, like, made you... It gave you, like, ice armor or something, and so you were, like, really strong, that would be a more clear player feedback to, I just encased you in ice, and now you can, like, run in, and you have, you know, you have increased armor or something to that effect. Uh, the combat in Destiny, it just, it lacks depth for a lot of what I think we want. If you, it's kind of like when they were talking about, you know, Armor 2.0 and people were talking about min-maxing. I was like, there's not a lot of content where you feel the need to min-max. You have to create the content and give us the stats and the, in the, in the build crafting kind of at the same time. And I don't feel like they've done a good job of that. Like Grandmaster Nightfalls don't feel like the true evolution of destiny's endgame they feel really they, it feels like a blunt blunt object you know here's 12 negative modifiers and a crazy delta if 
if you're going to give us lots of build diversity on our subclasses as well as our armor and you're going to give us the ability to be support and run all these different roles you would need combat and encounters where that emerges as a need and presently there's not a lot of that so it, it this is why evolving this game beyond where it is right now is going to be really really difficult this is why i'm glad they're getting rid of a lot of the planets and stuff because if they do start to create strikes missions encounters public space events you know anything that that has more going on um it doesn't need to be really hard in the public space just you know more depth to the combat well then you that's kind of almost like we're starting over you could start to replicate that in the coming season and in the coming expansions um and so if these if if these subclasses are super super elaborate and there's a lot of support builds you can run there's two questions that i have the first question is how is that going to be fit you know dis, how is the player feedback going to be how are you going to communicate to me that i am successfully being a supporter of the team with ice and the second question i would have is what what's the content going to actually do to push me toward that type of support if we can just literally go into the content slap down a bubble and 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 heavy bake most of the bosses and just and 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 brute force our way past champions you're not you're never going to really feel the need to be like oh but if you know this guy made this video this support class with ice is so amazing you're 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 probably not going to divert your playstyle or your build unless you feel that need. I, I would give an example in the I would say the harpy fight in Garden of Salvation. I usually do not like using snipers or precision weapons in this game for damage because generally speaking it it doesn't really work all that well it's better to use something that's more brute force now obviously you had the spindle uh, and that was good for like Golgroth but you know Golgroth freaking stood there he didn't move and I used it on War Priest, but you know it was a little more challenging so that was something that I didn't ordinarily do but when you realize that that fight was essentially saying you should probably be using a precision weapon against this enemy you didn't have to but it was structured in a way I suddenly did it. So if you create encounters that make it very clear, man, some ice walls, some support, some fill in the blank would be really useful here. That pain then starts to make somebody say, man, that was really helpful. You, you being on support or you being with, you know, using the ice walls or suppression traps or whatever. So I, you got to attack it from both ends. If you give us that sort of freedom, that sort of depth, that sort of support abilities, you need the game to call you to the mat to do it or nobody's going to yeah and uh the biggest thing that like again i've said this probably about three things right now or three uh collins is the difficulty um the difficulty and how they're gonna implement encounter designs one of my favorite things in a lot of similar games like this i'm not gonna say the word um (laughs) but games that are similar to this um they make me especially in like encounters they make me say, oh, I'm going into this encounter. I need to make sure I have this ability ready for, you know, I have to, you know, make sure this guy doesn't get to this point. So, you know, I, I need to have a slow or I need to have a stun or I need to have, you know, something. Um, and I think that that's what you know, the encounter design is lacking in Destiny. And maybe that's because the core concept of the game, um, because it is, you know, an FPS and, you know, it's trying to uh, be, you know, it's trying to be something new. So... I think that um, it having these 
you know, just solely, here's a support or here's a single target DPS. That's the only thing that's really, like, viable in the end game. Um, and they, they have they have something like a slow in the game with, like, spider mines and stuff like that. They have that kind of baseline of it. But the thing is, even if they add kind of like a slow or like a like a root or a stun or whatever it may be, these different status effects that they have in these all these different games, that how will it be implemented and when will it be viable? Because you can just add it. You can say, oh, if you melee an enemy, they get slowed for 10 seconds and they move at a slower pace and they shoot slower. Okay, well, why would I do that if I don't have it? Why can't I just use something that insta kills them? So I feel like they need to make, they need to design encounters, they need to design things around expanding the current combat flow that we have, because we already have that 30 second loop where it's shoot, kill, loot drops, see it on the right side of your screen, and continue. And it needs to have variation, and right now it's been at a standstill variation for at least like the last two years minus a few, you know, you have your charge of light and you have your war mind cells. Yeah. I it does come down to encounter design because <clears throat> you don't have to tell me what to use you don't but in the totems encounter in Kingsfall when that that knight would come out and he would come out up on that upper ledge they made him come out at a point in time where you were doing multiple things so it was like you were trading spaces you were leaving whatever you were waiting for somebody to come and if you ignored him, he became a huge problem. And obviously, the best solution for him was a sniper. And, you know, I didn't use a sniper in every encounter in... Uh, well, actually, I think I did use a sniper in every encounter. Well, maybe not in the, the opener. I didn't use an opener, a uh, sniper in the opener. But I liked using a sniper for war priest damage with spindle. Uh, you would use a sniper on that uh, on that night. And then you would use snipers maybe on the, the wizard... The I'm sorry, the, the sisters... Golgroth's belly, and then um, you would use snipers for the light eater knights in the orcs room. Now, you didn't have to, right? You didn't have to do that, but they applied a pain point that had a very clear this is the best tool for this job, and that's, I think, what Bungie would need to say. What can we do that would encourage somebody to say I really want to run stasis, and then somebody else would be like, that's great, but I'm your I'm I'm there with you and I need to run you know tether because that you know you're you're going to be you're going to be running this and I'm going to be running that and so the the goal would be adding a pain point that sort of comes in a way where you as the player like this is the best tool for the job one of the ways I think they can do that is when you apply the pain point at a time where you're trying to do something else Right? I'm tr- I'm, I'm, I've got to get this done and I also have this guy that just spawned and he's shooting at me or I have to get this done and there's 20 enemies that are going to absolutely swarm me so you throw down like a, an ice trap and you know that gives you time to complete what you're doing and then turn back because you don't have time to kill the enemies and do it I mean maybe you do but it gets kind of messy if you really want to refine it and clean it up that's what you would do the challenge here is is when when you make content that like really really doesn't give you a lot of room for error that can be really frustrating to people like if you have it coming down to literally seconds of time like that like the most minor mistake leads to failure and wiping so that's that's just a question Bungie's going to have to ask is how can you create pain points like the knights that come out in totems that have a very very clear use a sniper 
you know so how do you create a pain point that's very clear where it's like use this support class use this ability so then you know supers become less important I, I remember in sundial doing that I ran the heavy ammo finisher in sundial and I used xenophage as my primary and then anytime I needed ammo I would just do a finisher on somebody because I wasn't using my super for anything else that's a little too that's a little too liberal and free I think that's a little that's actually kind of bad that, that 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 really trivialized the content but the idea here would be create encounters where my primary thought is not I better get a well and a bubble or tether because we're going to do DPS but I have to do A, B, C, and D and doing those things is easier or better if I have support, ice, traps, suppression fill in the blank we I just think a lot of encounters, that's one of the main things they need to get away from, and I don't want everything to turn into mechanical pain. Every fight doesn't need to be Oryx, but Oryx fight has to have some influence here. If you get away from the obsession about DPS and and get more into the mechanical pain while maintaining, you know, ad rhythm and stuff, I think that's when support classes and suppression and and you know traps and things like that that's when those things would start to shine because you're not solving such a simple problem most bosses it's a simple problem it's okay where do we stand and what does the most damage that's basically what we're asking almost every time and uh so i i do think this is something we keep coming back to and i think the reason we keep coming back to it is they keep making us stronger armor 2.0 our supers, our abilities, our ability regen, our th- the fact that we can buff and debuff ourselves all the time. They've made us so dadgum strong. Now we're kind of hitting the ceiling and we're like, man, we need more depth to the combat here. Every Everything gets broken down into kill the ads, kill the majors, do the mechanic, dump the, you know, DPS, dump the boss, wash, rinse, repeat. It's like everything is a microcosm of a microcosm. It's like strikes are a microcosm of a raid and a dungeon is a microcosm of a, of a raid fight. And everything's a smaller version of another encounter where we're always doing the exact same thing. And no matter how creative they get with mechanics, once you know the mechanics, they become the subtext. You don't pay any attention to them. As satisfying as the dungeon is, the new dungeon, Prophecy Dungeon, once you know the mechanics, those just become, like, it's just underneath. It's not even really driving the encounter. And then you just damage dump on the boss. Um, so, and and actually the Prophecy Dungeon boss is really, really smart. The fact that he, 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 he moves, he leaves, he's not just a dumb prop. He hits you with this wave blast and it teleports you backwards. So it's not this mindless stand and damage dump fight. I actually like when fights have the movement dynamic, both that fight and the harpy fight in Garden, I think are good evolutions of a boss fight. Uh, just like the Scourge fight where if... If you think of War Priest, War Priest is just this big dummy that shoots at you, and as long as you can't stand in, you know, sit in cover, he's just a stupid... Somebody the other day called him an uh, enemy. A lot of the bosses are like a, just a turret. It just sits there and shoots at you if it can see you. Um, and so I think they're getting there. I think they're starting to experiment more with fights like that, and even the final garden fight is kind of like that it's a really really short window for DPS, which of course is its own animal, like then everybody just focuses on using enhanced relay defender and stacking up on a well, running through a bubble, hitting him with oppressive darkness and sniping the heck out of him. Like, I, I, I do think it still falls into the same DPS trap. Um, I personally think they could have done something else with him, um, with you tether him to make him, you know, have DPS, but then after that, he should go into a damage phase where we're creating moats and, you know, feeding the bank and then tethering him to do damage 
you know, like have a mixture. We, it's like we, it's like we do the thing and then we just get to shoot. Instead of just doing the thing and shooting, it should be like do the thing and then keep doing the thing to keep him damageable. Like so, then you're maintaining this sense of mechanical pain that would then lead some of the subclasses to being like, oh, a tether is great here instead of everybody running celestial, right? Every, a tether is great here. Why? Well, you keep all the ads close together. We can make the moats quicker. We bank the moats quicker. We tether them quicker. We elongate DPS by doing that. Like you make the DPS phase last longer by tethering him again or something. Um, that's just an idea off the top of my head that could take a fight that's pure you know, mechanic check DPS, mechanic check DPS, and interweaving the mechanics into the actual damage as well, I think would say that, you know, support classes and suppression suddenly start to get more footing. Yeah, and, and like, the biggest thing is how are they going to implement it? Because, you know, we can say, like, this is how you need to implement stuff this way, and this is how, you know, it can change it for the better. We can say that. But at the same time, you know, how can they implement it? How are they going to implement it well enough that we feel that we don't have to use these two supers that we've always used, which is Bubble and Well. And then if you're running Hunter, you're either running Tether or Celestial. It's either that. And it's only the top tree Tether or whatever the um, Tether is where you get um, one Tether and extends and stuff like that. Um, The one's not Mobius Quiver. Um, Or you're running Celestial. If you're Titan, you're either running Bubble and before Bubble, it was Banner Shield. Um, and like, that's what it's always kind of been. And then you have melting point, uh, there as well. Um, but like it just, it ties us to two supers, the support super mm-hmm. and the high single target. And that's all it's ever been. Um, and you know, it's been out for, you know, we're going into our seventh year and I think there needs to be some combat. There needs to be some change. And this is something that I've um, that I was talking about earlier that some games fall into this category where they change too much, where they turn from something they weren't, and then there's games like Destiny where there isn't much change, not being not in a bad way, as in like the content loop and the structures that it's coming out with, but the change that it need it needs more variation. You know, you can't have the same variation for five years and expect the same player base to play it for five years and not have some gripes about that. Yeah, yeah, and. I'm encouraged by the steps they've taken with with champions, bosses that move more, and and stasis and dark powers could be another step in that, you know, re- removing the monotony. Um, that's one of the reasons I think Taken King was so memorable is it did that. It was like it was like a 2.0. It was like, oh wow, new supers, new guns, new everything. And I, I think Beyond Light could potentially deliver that and put us on a trajectory of every year having that fresh coat of paint feel with a new subclass with lots of customization. And then hopefully then they feel empowered to create more dynamic combat and uh, add difficulty back. I want a normal and a hard mode. You know, that, that's another opportunity, you know, to add to add those layers, you know. Yeah, it's it, it just comes down to the point is I, I see Bungie doing these things and Bun, Bungie's always done this where they kind of dip their toes in the water. They're like, we're gonna we're gonna add some cool new things, and they're like, wait, we're gonna change it. Uh, we're gonna add some cool new things. Wait, we're gonna change it, and that's what they've done for a little bit. And then it, during Shadowkeep, they said changing armor, armor 2.0. Okay, we're adding new difficulty, Grandmaster. Okay, we're adding trials. No matter if it's good or not at the start of it, these are good changes that are coming forward. And I think that 
evolving these base things that they put into this game, I always say that this year has been a um, housekeeping year. They're implementing systems that can evolve in the future into things that we want to play. So I feel like that right there is a good start. And then doubling down and saying, we're sunsetting. We know people don't like it. We're not changing our view on it. This is happening. And this is what's, and you're going to have to deal with it. And I think that they need to go more on this topic of just saying, we're going all in and we think this is the best part of the game. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I think that's gonna, that's gonna be part of the road into year four is changes that might not be as popular, but are necessary. Just sunsetting is one true loot hierarchy will be another. I don't think it'll be a popular. It's not that people are going to be angry and stop playing, but it'll be one of the things complained about. And I think it's part of the, the, not that, not that they're going to be flippant about it, but like, this is the direction we're taking. Like, this is where the game is going and, you know, kind of, kind of take it or leave it sort of a thing, you know? Hmm. I think that's everything I have. I've already took enough of your time, so feel free All right. to go on. Yeah, good thoughts. Distorted Sama, I'm going to come to you, and hopefully uh, we're not going to deal with any of the echo or anything. Go ahead and unmute. What do you got for me? Am I coming through clear there? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. But okay. I'm echoing yeah, back I'm again. Echoing back again. All right, let me see if I can. can you still hear yourself? Uh, mic check? A little bit. Tell you what, I won't say anything, ask your question, and then I'll mute you. Okay, I'll try to up that. I, I've been in and out of the stream all day since I've been at work, uh, and I don't know if you went over this already, but I was wondering if you think Bungie figured out a way to properly balance the state's abilities in Crucible, seeing how you can freeze people in place and all that, especially considering trials and how touchy you can be about anything being even the slightest bit overpowered or t- out of the box um if you had any ideas earlier now about if they could even find a good way to balance something like that in the crucible yeah i think the i think the issue is with the stasis stuff that i saw it feels to me like they're not worried about balance if i'm just gonna make a quick fly over watch the video and be like hey lono do you think they they're they're really concerned about balance I'm kind of like, no, it seems like they're they're in maybe embracing space magic chaos. I mean, he suppresses a guy out of his super, he freezes two people, he makes a wall, it launches him into the air. I just, this to me feels like full circle. Destiny 2 vanilla was, they stripped down everything. They took the heart and soul of Destiny out of the game, and it was boring and awful. And I feel like this is them basically saying that this is a space magic game and we're not going to try to create this hyper super balanced crucible that doesn't mean they're going to make you know put guns in the game that one tap or you know create create you know total chaos but i do think if there's like if there's a meter okay if we could picture it like a meter and when the game started they were all the way on this side of the meter and it was like hyper balanced you know very very stripped down more gun based your ability you couldn't even one you couldn't even kill somebody with a shoulder charge or a grenade like you couldn't nothing one killed nothing killed with one hit at all no, no melees no abilities no nothing so that's all the way over here i feel like the meter is moving away from that and over here on the meter it says space magic they're basically turning the dial 
towards space magic. We've got the Scorch playlist. We've got Mayhem. There was that other version of Control, whatever it was called. Um, And now we have Stasis abilities that can create walls and suppress and freeze players. Uh, I I don't know. I to me I th- I've always felt like people that come in and they really try to grapple with Crucible and they're like, what about this? What about this? What about this? I'm like, so much of what you try to do when you try to wrestle Destiny to the ground is you you're try you're you're not doing it overtly, but you're trying to like rip the Destiny out of Destiny, almost like you're trying to create a quasi Halo, and it's like this isn't Halo. Like you can't take random rolls and space magic and crazy abilities and exotics and you you can't take that out of destiny it wouldn't be destiny anymore and so that means you take the good with the bad the amazing feeling of destiny's crucible and the really satisfying gunplay that's the good and i guess part of the bad that just comes with destiny is that there are going to be exotics like antius wards or one-eyed mask or you know, when Shards of Galinor was causing some issues, like, there, that, those are things that are gonna happen. When Titan Hammers landed in the game, and you could get five people with one hammer, because they were all exploding and killing each other, like, that has been sort of destiny since Taken King, I would say. Since Taken King, they just kind of throw space magic in the game, and, you know, and maybe they will have to revisit some of this stuff. They threw hammers in the game, and they had to lower, you know, how good hammers were, which was a bummer, because then it was, it never quite felt the same, but I um I don't know. It's not that they're anti-balance. It's that balance tends to be um it's not an afterthought like an insult. It's like an afterthought by design. It's like, yeah, throw it out there. It'll cause a bunch of chaos. People will make videos, people will complain, they'll keep playing and then we can tweak it and then something else will rise to the surface. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I definitely know what you're saying. I definitely love the space uh, ability aspect of the game, and a lot of my friends do as well. The momentum, what is it, momentum transfer, or uh, one where you one-shot everyone with uh, Jade Rabbit, mm-hmm. and uh, also Mayhem. I know a lot of people love Mayhem. The space magic is very fun. I just see the ice abilities, especially being able to mobilize people as being uh, fun, but problematic, probably. I see a lot of content content creators probably gonna be having plenty of content to uh, make videos about as to cross and so on and so forth are gonna have fun with that i'm sure mm. um i was just a little curious i can't think of a single way they can really balance it per se to not annoy a large portion of the people that really are intense about pvp yeah those are good thoughts it's not necessarily um high damage or high lethality it's you're immobilizing people like that's really irritating you know if you've ever played a video game where your little character gets frozen you're like shaking the joysticks to get unfrozen uh getting immobilized i hate when i get caught in like a smoke cloud from like a wizard i hate i hate that um and so yeah i i wonder if that's if that's actually like a really a really good insight into why it might be complained about even more because it'll 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 strike that chord of annoyance it's like get out of here like when you play mayhem and there's somebody in there running tether it's annoying it's like get out of here we're trying to have fun we're trying to you know throw nova bombs and blade barrages and and have and have fun and you're in here tethering every doorway uh so everybody you know everybody just kind of like can't you know they can't do what they want to do um 
So that's a good point. That's a good point. The idea that it could become what we would describe maybe as a nuisance. It's not necessarily a meta, right? When, um, when Lord of Wolves was a meta, it's like everybody's running Lord of Wolves or when shotguns were dominant in D1, that's a meta. What we're, what we're concerned here now and what you're kind of describing is something that will feel like a nuisance. It'll be play flow disrupting. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I've always said that Gambit is so bad by design because it's constant disruption. The noises, the sound effects, the visual effects, like where it's like this alarm goes off and the screen flashes, but you know, blockers are sent over and then, you know, you're being invaded. Like you're constantly being disrupted and it's a nuisance. And I think that that is a good insight that these ice abilities could start to make, you know, PVP, the space magic needle leans so far and kind of breaks and it's like dude this is a nuisance this isn't fun i'm constantly getting frozen you know i I faced a six-man team today of hunters and everyone was just throwing those blades and freezing me um and suppressing me out of my super and stuff uh yeah they'll they'll have to consider that they will have to consider uh, how um how frequent i i talked about this a long time ago where people were complaining about heavy weapons or something in destiny and i was like i don't know if it's the heavy weapons that are the problem it's the frequency with which you're killed by them and you know lowering their presence and and extending the timer i think will help with that and that was that was something that i said was that you know larger maps or lowering the frequency might help that's something bungie's gonna have to look at you know once or twice a game you get frozen that's fine but if i come around every corner and i'm getting that stupid blade thrown in my face and and i'm getting you know, I'm getting stuck and, and frozen in place. That that's gonna feel like a like as I said, like a nuisance. So those are good thoughts. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm just gonna go on to somebody else because of the mic echo thing. But good thoughts, uh, distorted Sama. I'm gonna go to techno next. What do you have for me, sir? Uh, well, I'm gonna use you as a surrogate to argue against MG Avenger. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, we, we rarely agree on certain things in Destiny. And you were talking about how supers are always like single target damage or self-buffing. And while we do have a bunch of supers like that, there are supers that are more of a utility belt instead of just a cannon shot or titan bubble. I like to use Top Tree Dawnblade as an example of that. You don't really use Top Tree Dawnblade for the super. You use it for everything else, like the melee the Icarus Dash, all that stuff. And since they nerfed, like, everything about Nova Warp, you only really use that for the melee. I'm a Warlock main, in case you can't tell. Yeah. I, You saying that just sort of gave me a picture into why some of this is so frustrating. If we could divorce the abilities from the super then some of this might be some of this might not be so frustrating and that's something that hopefully stasis can bring like here's your stasis super okay cool here's all the different ways to build the stasis subclass right now you're like well if i want all those cool abilities i have to pick that super instead of being like no i want to be a solar warlock uh, I want to be on support. I want to run well, but I want to run these aggressive abilities. You know, I, it's it's a bit of a mixture. So you have support, but you also have aggression. And, you know, I'm thinking of uh, 
if I could run Celestial Nighthawk for the damage, but then you gave Knife Trick, you know, support abilities or something like, so I'm using Knife Trick, like I'm mixing and matching a little bit. Um, I think that's something that needs to happen. They, you, if you divorce the super from the from the subclass like options and perks and things, you might start to get, <clears throat> excuse me, into a better position where you could have more of a mixture. You would be a more well-rounded character where, yeah, my super is great for damage, uh, but all of these other things I've chosen are for support. Or, well, my super is great for support, but all my other abilities are actually structured around damage and aggression. And so you have more of a mixture. Uh, it, it, because like you're saying, you pick that top tree because you want all those other things. It's you're not necessarily picking it for the super itself. You know what I mean? If I wanted to use the dawn blade for the super, I would choose bottom tree because kills extend it and they home. But if I want like Icarus Dash and that 50 meter melee, I use top tree. Right, right. And that in in concept, I think Bungie probably thought that's great for balance because you have to sacrifice, like you just said, you sacrifice the really, really good version of the super. You sacrifice that so you can get a better melee and so you can get, you know, the, the, uh, the other abilities there. And I think... I, I get that. I understand what they're trying to do, but it's almost like in uh, Diablo 3 where you switch it to where you can mix and match the abilities instead of like being so rigid. I forget what option that's called. There's an option in Diablo 3 where you go and you change it and you can have a lot more freedom with your ability selection. And well, we could just look at the subclasses in D1 where you get to choose your favorite parts. Granted, most people only really chose the most meta options, but there were a lot of different ways you could uh, build yourself in D1 with supers and abilities. Well, and I would make changes when I was playing Titan because I did the one where I'd like, I would kite all of the Thrall up to the Warpriest platform where we did damage. I would punch them all and make orbs. Then I would create my bubble and get the Warpriest to shoot it. That would also make orbs. So I was using my Titan and my Titan bubble and I wasn't doing it in a way of like buffing damage or protecting the team. I was literally making, I was an orb making machine. Well, that was a really specific way to to, to set myself up for that. I would even put on crest because you get the extra yeah, orb. But you could, but you could do it. Right. Right, and that's the that's the key is if you divorce if you in the stasis I hope the stasis supers and subclasses are a step back to that direction of I'm literally changing and 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 switching bubble selections in the middle of content like oh no this encounter it's better to do this I did the same thing at Golgoroth I would literally put the bubble down and let him shoot it to create orbs for the hunters and stuff because they would they'd, they'd have already used their tethers maybe or something and now it's time for another round of damage or. I forget when we would do that, but I would make I would do the same thing in the in the in the Golgroth fight, and so I I hope this is a step back toward that because I originally kind of liked the attunements. It was like you pick the attunement; it has a theme, it has a feel. But as you were just now talking, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, that's part of the problem. I can't mix and match heavy DPS super with support abilities or support super with heavy aggression abilities. Like, I can't mix and match. I think that's why we feel so homogenized in the super selection and in the subclass selection because you're just picking a lane that is, yeah, I'm picking this for Well of Radiance, and that's basically it. I pick Well of Radiance mostly for the... uh heal grenade instead of the actual super when I'm running those uh, master level nightfalls because I get my grenade back a lot faster than I get my super 
Right. And that's not right. the uh, that's not the best way to play it. It would be best to just max out my intellect, max out my recovery, and constantly throw down wells and rifts. Right. Run like a bad juju, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Those are good thoughts. I'm gonna go to Wolverine unless you have something else. I did, but I forgot. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go to Wolverine then. Mr. Wolverine, what do you have for me today, how's, sir? How's it going, bro? It's going good. Um, uh, you know, as excited as everyone got, the speculation train just rides on uh, with that trailer, and uh, without any confirmation, everyone's just in full speculation mode in terms of what skills do. And and I'm glad uh, uh, Distorted touched on it, and you know, you've been touching on it all day. That one scene on Widow's Court where the uh, hunters just throwing down the ice wall, stepping on it, and then like you said suppresses the super and then just goes ahead and throws those two knives that look like way of a thousand cuts mm-hmm. um more specifically what i uh, you know wanted to even collaborate with you on and, and even just uh harken uh, on this point uh if the hunter is able to have that type of skill or even you know i guess maybe it would be some sort of balance if every class had that skill but if we're just going to go off of what we saw in the trailer if the hunter has that skill and we're putting a cooldown on just a knife skill and that skill is freezing someone just for an open kill i just i think that might be a little bit too overpowered i don't know what your personal opinion is on that and then and then taking into effect the current way the shade step works and being able to get that skill on a a 30 second cooldown at full max well close to a 30 second cooldown on full max strength mm-hmm. and then being able to get it back instantaneous with uh with the shade step i don't know it, i don't know what your opinion might be on that but if i feel like if if we're speculating correctly and mm-hmm. going how that looks do you think that could definitely be an overpower factor yeah i mean in general even suppression nades if we think about rhythm your your grenade timer is so much shorter than super like getting your super require i mean you can obviously get it going quicker if you're getting lots of kills but you're if you did like an average of how often people get their supers and you compare that to how average you know how often they get their grenades and do the same thing with melee because it's a melee in the clip i feel like there's a dissonance there it's like i have the ability to literally take that guy's super away that he waited a minute and a half to two minutes for and I waited, what, 20 seconds for my grenade or my melee? Um, Maybe less, if, even if you shade step, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, if you can shade step to get it back, if you can wear an exotic that gives you two, because he throws two in the yeah. thing. like, oh, like that. Oh, it, Spade, I was thinking of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and so when I zoom out on it, just let's not get all sky is falling, but when I zoom out on it, like, philosophically, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, a, a grenade or a, or a melee, you get so quickly, and you can really get it, you could buff buff the the regen on it a lot more than you can your super supers are supposed to be these every once in a while crazy get out of the way here comes the train moments and to be able to shut that down with a melee that you can throw from far away i i'm like that was that was the thing i zeroed in on in my video i was like that's a concern that i have and then what we just talked about with um with techno it might have been techno i'm not sure who it was where if i'm coming around every corner was distorted yeah if i'm coming around every corner and it's a six-man stack of those hunters, and I'm basically freeze tag the whole time. I I don't know. I, I as sure. as he as he 
zeroed in on the fact that's disruptive and a nuisance. That's frustrating. It could, yeah, it could pose a problem. I, uh, I think the melee issue is definitely we're, you know, we think we're diving into something that could create, you know, a lot of problems day one. Um, you know, if, if what he, I can't recall, and maybe you have it up right now, just before he, he threw his knives, what looked to be knives, we'll just call it that for the sake of, uh, of an argument. Uh, did he throw a grenade to get him out of the super? No, no, he throws his grenade to make the wall. Okay, all right, so there was no, like, su- right, super grenade, all right, because I thought he threw something else, or it was the knife that suppressed him. It was the knife, so he, he, okay. he thro- yeah, he throws a grenade, he lands, before he lands, he throws a knife, and then it hits, it hits both of them, and it, 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 it slows them and suppresses, and then the second one completely freezes. I don't know if I have such a problem with the suppression factor because the hunter doesn't have a suppression factor like the, the Titan does with the suppression grenade. I think the Titan ha- having their grenade and being able to suppress someone out of their super, it, it's it's huge. And um, I don't, I, I, if I can recall, I don't, other than, you know, firing a tether, what other way is there for a hunter to get someone out of their super? Just off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Well, and that's why at the beginning of this, it, it, the beginning of your question, I said, I, I don't think I philosophically agree with being able to suppress a super with, a, with an ability that refreshes so much faster than a super. So, like, it doesn't seem like a fair trade. You Do waited you have a, a problem with the Titan suppression grenade, then? At the very least, I'm at least the Titan suppression grenade is difficult to use because the timing is crazy. You got to like throw it down and like it, they have to run yeah. past it as it explodes. Like this knife throw, it's like, are you serious? Like, no, I agree with you. I agree. I agree with that sentiment. I guess maybe if it had the mechanic like the Titan suppression, I would feel less obligated to comment on it. Yeah, if I had to, like, stick it in the ground like a trap, and then it explodes a few seconds later, similar to the Titan Grenade, at least there'd be a a timing issue. I still don't know if I like the idea of even the Titan Suppression Grenade, because you get that so much faster than a super. It doesn't seem like a fair trade. The, The power of the grenade is essentially equal to, and in some respects, greater than the power of the super, and it's a grenade like it's a, you get it so much you get it so much more often now tractor cannon I'm fine with you got to grab heavy you got to mm-hmm. have it when that happens and you know and you're choosing to run that as your heavy like there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of con- context there but like I, I don't know titan sitting on a suppression nade all day and then being able to just you know chuck that thing on the ground and what well, titan shoulder charge suppressing is I mean come on are you really going to do that against a roaming super you're probably going to you're going to lose that fight nine out of ten times like yeah exactly unless you're fighting against like a potato who's not looking at their screen you're, you're going to die so I yeah I'm I think I'm philosophically opposed to suppression in general melee. if it's if it's attached to melee grenade because you get those way more often than a super supers are. I don't know. Supers are supposed to be super, you know. They they're not supposed to be sure. easily dealt with. And no, not at all. Not at all. It, well, and there's a there's a fine line. You don't want a super to turn the person into Godzilla either. There was a time where a couple of the supers were just absurd. Like there was never a shutdown. Like opportunities for shutdown is fine. I think having a high skill ceiling on that is 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 what's needed. Like a really really good, you know, you know, bo- you bob and weave like shotgun melee or something. How would you feel if every class had, you know, their melee that acted as if that knife throw? Would you feel more comfortable about the situation? And I guess maybe that this 
stasis subclasses intrinsic ability was super stopping like I, I i mean i guess maybe i would feel a little bit better if every class had it you know i'm a hunter man i only have a hunter so i as as biased as i as i may seem i i still know there's going to be other hunters doing it to me so it doesn't matter if i'm a hunter and i can utilize or exploit something because it'll just be exploited to me at some point so i feel like a balance would be if every class had the ability but then we're just you know, diving into a whole new animal in terms of who's is more powerful than the other. Yeah, I just, if they all have it, I I don't know. I already think it's going to be a problem where just no one's going to, what it's going to do is it's going to affect the whole player base. Like no one's going to want to run a roaming super. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's going to either run, you know, Blade Barrage or Nova or Goldie, you know, or in this case, they're just going to run all the stasis ones and everybody's going to be running around as hunters. And anytime somebody tries to super, you know, that those blades are going to be coming out. If everybody had the ability, what you would more than likely see is a dramatic decline in the presence of supers in the Crucible and it would just be kind of a suppression fest, which I, I... When combat becomes narrow and everyone's doing the same thing, that's when the fun dies. It's like everybody's doing the same stupid thing. Like when everybody's running around with Polaris Lance, it's fun for a weekend, but if it was like that for a whole season, people would have gotten annoyed. They'd be like, this is stupid. Um, Which is why Lord of Wolves got so much hate. It was like, everybody's running Lord of Wolves. Like, can we please nerf this thing? Uh, So... The- One thing that you brought up with Distorted that I actually wanted to uh, to type or to type or comment on was uh, one uh, skill that I feel is comparable to what we're seeing now that could have a potential meta breaking factor. Uh, you know, I don't know how you felt about it or you know anyone in chat, but I really feel before it's fixed, handheld supernova was one of the most broken things in this game. Yeah. And, and that's one of those things where, you know, you were having that uh, almost instantaneous, especially if you wore a sword exotic. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was that was another one. That was like uh, firebolt grenades when they got... Um, and the hunter knife as well. It was like instant tracking. Yeah, it was tracking and like turning corners, you know, 45 degree turns. Um, and that, you know, in D1... They indirectly nerfed firebolts because those were insane. You throw them at a corner and the burn and, and what it did to the guy like in the seconds after, it was absurd. It was so, so strong. Um, and I think that's... At the beginning, uh, we, you know, we were talking about how you're never really going to have a balanced crucible because of space magic. But at the same time, there's it's, it's one thing to have something that's powerful in the crucible that you might be like, oh, I don't like that. I wish I wish that wasn't around. But when it becomes gameplay defining and everyone's doing it, like I, another example would be hard light. I, it, the people that that dug their heels in and acted like the hard light was fine. It was like you are insane. Like every match was it was stupid. It was it, twelve people running the around memes. with hard light. The memes yeah. are great. The memes are great. Yeah, and after a couple weeks, people realized, yeah, this is pretty dumb. Every match I go into, it's six v six hard light laser light show, and it's dumb and. It was it was becoming gameplay defining. It was like everybody's running around with a hard light, and so the this suppression were thing. Were you happy with the efficiency of the fix and how quickly they did it, or were you kind of wishing they they fixed hard light sooner than they initially did? I would always rather them have them do it right than do it quick because it you know you yeah. you you have too many sw- if you swing at it too many times it's, it's 
it's going to get bad. So I was fine that it took a while, but I remember telling people, especially when Zer sold it, I was like, if Zer's selling it, it's about to get nerfed. Like, that's what they're going to do. They're going to let everybody have it. You know, you're going to get to use it for a week or two, and then it's going to get nerfed. And it was. It was like a week and a half later they, yeah. they announced the nerf. So um, I was happy with the timing, and I I think that's just another example we can give where something defines and overruns the Crucible that's my issue. I am never wanting to pull the trigger on something just because it's strong. I always wanted to pull the trigger on hard light or other things because it becomes so dominant that the gameplay becomes one dimensional and stupid. Like it just doesn't, it's like I said, like a season of Prometheus lens. I think people would have been like, this is awful. You know, I, uh, I have one last thing I wanted to, uh, to task you about. And it's, uh, you know, on, uh, current events, and just information that we found out yesterday. When I uh, came back to Destiny and Dawn, and then when I first started watching you, one thing uh, you were always mentioning, and 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 I kind of you know you know took it with a grain of salt, but I always thought about it was your um, distinction about the relationship between Bungie and Microsoft. And I really feel yesterday's announcement with the Game Pass really brought a lot of credence to that. Mm. Now, with that taken into account. Do you feel that we'll have a stronger, if not new, anti-cheat because of Microsoft's assistance? We're, yeah, I want I want to do a full video on this on Monday, and I, I think we're, I want to I want to add that in because if they if possible, I'd love to co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're, are you, are you? Is definitely my, you know, where I would feel I'd be able to contribute the most in terms of just my personal experience. Yeah, you're tier three. So yeah, if you want to jump on on Monday when we're talking about it, because um, that'll definitely be part of the discussion. There's a chance we leave Steam, you know, with this relationship. Because if it's in Game Pass, as far as I understand, wouldn't that have to then be funneled through the Microsoft Store? Um, and, and here's what I thought about that, and and it's great that you bring that up because I uh, one comparison that uh, a game that's in Steam but also in Microsoft Gears of War. So I, I, you know, you can you can assume you know cheating doesn't run rampant in Gears of War the way it does Destiny because of the involvement of Microsoft, regardless of their you know involvement with Steam. So I, I didn't know if you had any information. Well, it's information about where the game is going to be on P is oddly well, absent in their frequently asked questions. Like, there's nothing here about Steam. There's nothing. So it's like. I don't know if it's going to run on xCloud and it's going to be part of Game Pass I I don't know Um, you'd only want to leave Steam if you want to use the Xbox launcher right but I I could see them saying well now I'm now I'm going to disagree with myself a little bit here because didn't they say they were working with Steam for some more to to utilize some of their more anti-cheat stuff in the future I feel like they said that. Don't you think they would say they wouldn't have said in collaboration with Microsoft because they weren't so open about the whole? I remember you t- talking about that. And this is when uh, Twitch was still a thing, and uh, I could have swore you know you did you mentioned that specifically. I feel now looking at the Game Pass announcement that you know they could be working in collaboration because the game will be in the Microsoft Store. Yeah, I if. I don't know how that that anti cheat would would work then because they did say they were going to be working with Steam to utilize more of their anti cheat features going forward. 
Um, easy anti-cheat is in a lot of non-Microsoft games, so if we get that, we still wouldn't have to leave Steam. Oh, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. So you guys are saying that it's possible we could get the anti-cheat, but not have to leave Steam, because Microsoft would then be able to sort of, like, assist with that. I That would be... <laughs> That's what uh, I kind of took from it. That'd be a huge win for the PC audience because I think that's one of the concerns the PC audience has right now is that when the new consoles come out, a lot of people are talking about leaving PC because they'll get higher performance on console but not have to worry about the cheating. Obviously, I think DDoSing will go on the rise on console when that happens um, because that is one thing you still can do on console. Um, that you I'd can't assume they take preparations to the fact that they've already called it out that one twab the fact that console DDoSing was an issue. It's probably something they're already yeah. looking at to take care of. I, at least I hope so. You know, you know, we, you know, we want we, we give we give this developer and this game so so much hard time, but at the end of the day we all still play it, we all still love it, we all want to see it succeed because we play it. And yeah. having something like a concrete anti-cheat system, I think we, we definitely solve a lot of things in the Crucible. You still have you know, toxic players regardless, but at least it will be a, a more enjoyable experience for Windows users and PC users. And as a PC user myself, I find myself going back to Xbox on the weekends for trials just because I don't want to have to deal with uh, cheaters on an LFG card. Yeah, yeah. But thank I, you. I... Thanks for entertaining that. No, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Thanks for calling in. I uh, will definitely want to talk more about that on Monday. That'll be the topic for Monday. So obviously, you guys that are here today, we can we'll set that up over the weekend for Q and A and discussion and more call in. And if Wolverine can line up the schedule, we'll have him co-host because he's one of the one of the tier three co-host uh, supporters. So good discussion, good VIP, good VIP call in. We, we look like we were only going to have a couple people calling in, but we made it an hour long episode. So if you're listening to the other locations and you want to join in, if this sounds like something like, man, I'd love to hop on a call and do that, you just have to pick the VIP tier either on Patreon or on YouTube, either one. So on YouTube, click the join button or go to sntrpresents.com and use Patreon, whichever is more convenient for you. You just then have to get into the Discord. As always, if you're listening or watching in all the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.